good. We can finally start the big meeting. Donnie, Chuck, let's begin, shall we? Shall we? This box contains over 217 bits and pieces of information. Evidence. Exhibit A. A photograph of the victims. My bike and me. Exhibit B. Another photograph. What's missing from this picture? It's just me. Without my bike. Is this something you could share with the rest of us, Amazing Larry? Exhibit C. The horn I was picking up at Chuck's Bikerama when my bike was actually stolen. <laughs> Exhibit D. Jimmy, what is this? Too late. Check. Uh, looks like a pen. Exactly. I bought this pen one hour before my bike was stolen. Why? What's the significance? I don't know! Exhibit Q! A scale model of the entire mall! <laughs> S marks the scene of the crime. These arrows here show the exact position of the sun and the hour of the crime. Jupiter was aligned with Pluto! The moon was in the sun! Please save your questions until I'm through, Chuck! Well, when will that be? A long time we wait. We've been here for over three hours now, and I'm not sure if any of us can see what all this is supposed to mean. Supposed to mean? Supposed to mean? I think everyone here knows what this is supposed to mean. Six minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 and this, the month of May in the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. Live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 Solid State Radio, this, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. It is Tuesday. I repeat, Tuesday, not Wednesday, certainly not Thursday. It is, in fact, Tuesday. Everybody's getting angry. Every... So we can stop panicking a little? Well, it's already... It, it, we reached How many that... hours away, Rick Emerson, are we? Uh, oh, Jesus. Uh, you 20, 48. Well, it's because I went through all this morning thinking it was Monday. <laughs> I thought it was Wednesday. I don't know what's going on. I seem to be the only level-headed one. <laughs> it's true. No, you thought it was Wednesday, too. <laughs> well, you, right. you are the HAL 9000 of the... You're right tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Oh, yeah. So... So it is now 48, so 48 hours plus 9 is 57. 57 hours away from Rick Emerson, listener party 11. Emerson's 11 happening uh, Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m. Thursday, which is the day after tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Jesus. So we don't really have to panic until, you know, tomorrow. That's when everything can just start to go horribly awry in our heads. He calls at once and is expecting all this attention. <laughs> it's just it's not going to happen. No. No. 
And unless you're Hillary Clinton's campaign, I'm expecting your call. Um, can we, can we, Tim? Can we get Tim's mic turned up over there? No, don't tell me it's the same thing. No, again. no, no. It was just. Uh, no, both of ours are kind of quiet. Yeah, or maybe it was just angled off. I was kind of losing your observation. I think it's, I think it's a plot. All right. Uh, maybe that's why the Hillary Clinton people couldn't hear your request for an interview. Oh, that maybe could it was be the microphone. I'm sorry. Hillary Clinton would love to speak to a newsman right now about her flourishing campaign. I've been trying. <laughs> How have they been on getting back to you, huh? Well, I told you yesterday, <laughs> before the show, it was... <laughs> then during lunch, when I take my little break at 11.30, I tried again, and it was ring, ring, ring. You just picture ring, one ring. sad, lonely telephone going unanswered in an empty office building. So then I'm taking my uh, little snack break after the 3 o'clock news outside, trying, and I finally got through to some woman who ticked out all my information and said she was going to pass in line to somebody right away and they were going to get right back to me at 3.05 yesterday afternoon. Yeah. No such thing happened, right? 3.05, so it's been 21 hours. Tim, how's that working out? They get right back to you, did they? Uh, no. They, they didn't answer But I, I will say, Barack Obama's people have been very cooperative. Oh, no, he, he can afford to be cooperative mm-hmm. right now. He doesn't have to be, uh, yeah. No, they... they, they that's the thing is, they, Barack has just as much free time as Hillary Clinton does right now, in a sense, because he knows that it's a walk, man. He's, I mean, he's got it. So, the, but it's the difference between having lots of free time because you've just won the Powerball and having lots of free time because you've just been fired. And one of them is, you know, yeah, sure, let's go out. Dinner's on me. Rounds of drinks. Let's buy everybody a car. Well, you saw that picture the other day. Oh, yeah. He had a look at his face when he, he's uh, dining on tacos in Woodburn. In Woodburn, yeah. Drudge must have loved that photo. Drudge ran that photo for like three days in a row. All right. In any event, we are now 57. I got to write this down. 57 hours away, as of now, from Rick Emerson Listener Party uh, 11. Uh, and at the risk of just waxing our own car in public, if you want to see a pretty fantastic photograph, I would encourage you to go to 970.am. O'ReillyLive.com. O'ReillyLive.com. It is now our splash page as well. I just saw that. I've uh, never seen anything so good. It's pretty fantastic. That Who is took uh, that picture. That is on uh, Jason and Aaron from Vanished Twin Photography. Uh, the same guys who do the horns across the Hawthorne photograph. So you go to 970.am, you get to uh, you get to see that. They do outstanding work. It really is pretty fantastic. If you were a glorious bastard, uh, you got that in an email this morning. So the uh, special missive went out to the glorious bastards today, giving them kind of the heads up and the what for and the hey hey and the how oh, now. Oh, that is good. And uh, and it's on the splash page as well. So there you go. That's at 970.am. Uh, 970.am. All right. It's 503-733-2970. Let's speak at your. Uh, because of your something. You don't look muscly. I mean, you look fit. You look toned. Yeah, no, no, I'm not complaining. It's just like you don't I'm... look like a bodybuilder or anything. I mean, you look, well, you look, uh, you know, you look as though you are in shape. You look. Well, I have to say, we all look good. I have, really, and here's the thing about this photograph. Uh, I hate to just I sit... look better than I deserve. Now, I, the thing about it is, and I hate to just be like, look at, because then we become Ron Burgundy. Right? Hey, everybody, come, come, <laughs> come see how good I look. Yeah. But I mean. Come on, go see how good we look. I mean, yeah, it's finally a new picture. It's. Do you realize? And we've talked about this a couple weeks ago. That we've been using. This is the first new staff photo we've really had in like six years. And um, the last staff, staff photo was back or uh, back on the back porch at Sabala's. When we were, we didn't even have a job. We'd been yeah. fired. Um, so I, I still use some of Jason's old pictures for he, things I can't mention on the air. Those guys, um, vanished when they take fantastic photos. They really do. Um, so uh, we've got this photo. They took some solo shots of us on the same day of Sarah and Richie and I anyway. And then they did some in-studio, you know, in-the-building shots last Friday. And I haven't seen any of those. But I'm assuming they're fantastic. So, oh, yeah, I can't wait to see those. <clears throat> so go to 970.am and check that out. It really is. I mean, that's kind of the best thing that's ever existed. Let's just call it. 
just say what it is. I mean, that's that's the best photo ever taken of anybody anywhere for any purpose. So 970.am, you can see that. Or if you're a, a glorious bastard, you uh, check your inbox. should be waiting there for you. So 57 hours away, now a little bit less than that, 56 hours and 50 minutes until Rick Emerson Listener Party 11. Uh, so much happening, David. My brain just, I feel like a... I feel like that thing of Atlas or whoever the guy is holding the world on his shoulders just with all of the information and the, and the weight and the happenings and the features and the events uh, that are taking place. Uh, Nickel Arcade performing, Emerson Starship performing, the world premiere of a brand new short film starring Tim Riley, uh, Carl Click, the Roastmaster, leading the Rick Emerson Roast with roasters to include Storm Large, Sarah Dillon, Byron Beck, Peter Carlin, etc., etc., so on, so forth. Uh, music, merriment, whimsicality, drinks for all. And I do, uh, I actually didn't mention this yesterday because I didn't know if I wanted to spring it on people. Um, and so, um, well, I'll just say this. You know, uh, the parties typically have an introductory video. Uh, there's an intro film that sort of leads into all the festivities. It's incredible. I have to say, I haven't seen the completed, I've seen a, a sort of, I don't want to say a rough cut. I've seen about a, I've seen... Did you hear it? With, did you see it? With I haven't heard it with the audio track yet, but I've seen the completed film all the way through the intro film. It's unbelievable! It's I mean, really, and I know it just sounds like we're li- listen to how perfect we are at everything we do. Yeah, we get to do this once a year. But why, yeah, that, why not? We just we're, we're so rarely can we come on and point to something we did well. Um, the in the intro video uh, for the party on Thursday is going to blow your mind. I mean, it's so good. I mean, I, and I, you know, Joni DeRoshi is the one who directed that. It's Joni DeRoshi, Nate Baker. We're sort of the brain trust behind that. We had a lot of help, a lot of people. The, 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 some of the the, the folks that uh, you're going to see on Thursday took part in it. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable. So um, I'm going to quit talking about a thing you won't see till Thursday. But the intro video is great. Uh, we've got this. some other things kind of being unrolled as the evening goes on. So just anyway, if you haven't cleared your schedule, do it now. If you haven't gotten a babysitter, like this is your. I mean, we're at DefCon two and a half right now. So really, be for be for getting your Thursday night in order, my friends. Crystal Ballroom, 8 p.m. No cover, no ticket, no charge, no nothing. Just uh, be 21. Bring your ID. No dress code. So uh, dress up or dress down or dress in between. Whatever it is you want it, you want to dress in. Do that. Be that thing. Darn it, I am one short, Rick. One short of 40. Of having all of your friends with the Emerson's 11 logo? Yes. So if one person out there is listening and you want to change it to the Emerson's 11 logo... If you go to Sarah's Mispace page or my uh, Mispace page, you will see that all... And we should know, by the way, this is how great the audience is. We didn't ask anybody to change their MySpace photo... To the to the party logo, if people just did that because because they're because so they support nice. the show because they support them because they're because they're good people. Uh, that's just because that's that's how great the audience is. They just did that, and so if you look at Sarah's my space page or mine, all of the friends, it's just nothing but the Emerson's logo, logo have, over and, and over. And right you're missing 30, one. Right now I have 30, 39. You're missing one. And if I get one more, then I can have all forty of them. It is. Uh, it's just genius. So uh, we'll it get. It looks so neat too. It, it looks, I kept going back to it last night and looking at it. It looks fantastic. Um, so we got. To, so we'll talk more about the party coming up, which is less than 57 hours away. Dick Uliano, I believe, will be uh, joining us later on in today's uh, program. Uh, we will hear today from one of our roasters who will be uh, phoning in uh, to speak with us about uh, their upcoming performance, which is on Thursday. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, I got this whole top five kind of thing rolling around in my head, but I don't really know how to do it. So it's one of those things. 
It's not High Concept Thursday. It's just Rick is a slack-ass Tuesday. You just want maybe we should just listen to the song that you want to hear during the breaks. So that way you can get it out of your system. Well, why don't we? Why don't you, if you have it, why don't you cue it up and we'll play it here in a while. We'll see if the people can help us out here because I got this song. I'm just looking for an excuse to play this one song, and I want to. Cons- I'm just kind of trying to reverse engineer it as I say. I want to retrofit a top five around this song. Uh, so we'll play that here in a while. Uh, Geek Watch coming up today. Snuff Watch coming up today. Double Corpse Watch coming up today. Um, let's see. Uh, what else? Um, oh yeah. Oh, you know, we really do have to. We really do have to do the weigh-in today. Uh, we really have to, to, to okay. figure out exactly where our weight is. Do you have it written down still, like what our last weight was? Except that it looks like our scale is gone. No, it's over there. Is it over there? Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, so I remember when I weighed last time. Tim, as we know, gained four pounds was over I... the winter. <laughs> That's that? where you were, yes. Okay. That is where you I were. I tend so. to work it off, though. Okay. You can't work off four pounds in two days, can you? I could probably go roaming through the crowd Thursday night. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sweating it out. Maybe yeah. you should just do nothing but max travel. Uh, for the next two days, and so the combination of sprinting from your attackers and sweating with fear uh, will drop you down to your desired weight. No, I don't fear Max. I'm ready. Excellent. Uh, they should fear me. Okay. Uh, somebody get a concealed carry permit? It's 503-733-2970. You want to join us today? 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. We have comments, questions, clarifications, kvetches, two cents, what have you. Richie Bristol, who also looks good in the photograph, by the way. Richie Bristol sometimes gets uh, gets short shrift uh, here. Uh, but we should say that Richie looks pretty silent in this photograph as well. Uh, he's ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the whatever. Uh, so uh, all of that's coming up. Tim Riley is working on the following stories for your edification today. Jared was so into it, I lost them. Here we are. A car thief is stabbed with his own knife in North Portland early this morning. Homeless protesters camping out in front of City Hall have been told to go away by tonight. That place smells. A JetBlue passenger was suing the airline for allegedly making him sit on the toilet due to a seat shortage. The polls close in West Virginia a few hours. Will this be a big win for Hillary? We'll find out. We'll have coverage going into the evening tonight here on AM 970. Florida fire officials are looking for a wildfire arsonist who is said to be a single man with a low self-esteem. Excellent. By the way, this will be the one and only time uh, that we care about West Virginia on this program. This will be it. This is their one golden moment in the sort of coal-covered sun that they have there. So enjoy enjoy your attention while it lasts, West Virginia. All right, Sarah Dillon joining us today, as she always does. Hello, howdy, how are you? Oh, boy. I'm, right. I'm on the adrenaline, like, pre-listener party. And can I just... Like, panic. And can I point out that you said that you're now on just, like, an all... You're, like, on an all-vodka and celery diet uh, for the next two days, because you don't... Because, as you said, uh, I have that quote still, where you said that you were just... You said that even you wanted to hump you because the dress was so great. By the way, I talked to Joni, and Joni concurred. Uh, really? I was talking to Joni, and I just said, hey, apparently, you know, this is Sarah's really jazz, but she, Joni's like, she looks so good. Sarah looks fantastic. Uh, and Joni never gives compliments. Never, I know no, that she's horrible and filled with hate. She is an evil, evil little person. Which is why we love her. But she was, man, she was like, she was also over the moon about how you look. So she thought it was the dress was. Yeah, we jumped like, up and knockout. down like like little schoolgirls. I haven't seen it. So this is. I was gonna make a creepy thing about Bride before the wedding day, but I'm saying it's gonna be a surprise. Like we'll all kind of see it at the same time. So I'm looking forward to it. And I get to see you guys in Texas because I've just seen you in suits, never Texas. Yeah, we decided we're gonna make Richie go pick those up for us. Richie, on Wednesday you'll be picking up Tim and I's tuxes as well. Don't forget the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and get me a turkey pot pie. 
fun. Oh, All right. Good time. All right. So we are now 56 hours, 45 minutes uh, away from Rick Emerson Listener Party uh, 11. We'll get some phone calls here in a second. If you're on hold, hang tight. Hey, by the way, speaking of diets, I'm going to hold up a cookie here in the studio, and I don't mean that figuratively. It's an actual, it's, a, it's a, like an eaten, that is a big cookie. an eaten cookie. Here's a cookie. How many calories? Let me just tell you. So Laura and I went to look at the dog last night because we've been toying with the idea of getting a second dog. Because Max is alone during the day, and we thought, you know, you can have for him to have a pal. They could solve crimes together while we're gone. Oh. Um, and it, the dog was in the Dalles, and yesterday wasn't the best, best best day to go look, but I just I put it off twice already. Because I'm like, baby, I got the party. Rick Emerson's got to prepare. And we put it off twice, and she's like, you know, these people are just going to, they're not going to accept being postponed a third time. we got to go. So last night, uh, we drove to the Dells. We met this Lhasa Apso, because uh, Max is half, and I would say poodle because it's funnier, but he's half poodle, half Lhasa. So it's like another Lhasa Apso, blah, 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 blah. We go there last night, and um, I don't know. Anyway, so the long story, I got some emails asking me if we're getting the dog, but uh, we're just not. It's a, we just not didn't, a good fit. We just didn't click. Max and the dog seem to get along okay, but we just... I don't know, something there, just, uh, you know, we just didn't mesh with the dog somehow. And I know that dogs aren't children, but, you know, whatever. But, I mean, you know, sometimes... But if you're not going to have children, that is your child. Uh, yeah, you click with an animal or you don't. And uh, we just did, and we told the people, we said, well, you know, look, we, we don't really feel like it's a fit, so thanks. And they were cool with that because they wanted to go to a good home. Anyway, but but the upshot of it is, halfway there, we stopped at our, at, like to get some gas. And I got some coffee, and I, of course, have no power against cookies. Uh, they are my or kryptonite. Coffee or coffee no, cake. coffee cakes are kryptonite. How many calories would you suppose are in this cookie? 430. Tim? At least 400. 420. Wow, that's pretty good. You were were very close. 420. And this is not, like, that big. I mean, it's, you know, I I don't know know what it is. It's maybe maybe 4 by 4. I mean, it's not that big of a cookie. 400. Do you want to know what the second ingredient on this is? Hmm. This is how you know. Hard. The second ingredient, I swear to Christ, I'm reading this off off the thing. Second ingredient, candy. Candy. What kind of a cookie? Candy? What kind of a cookie has candy as the second ingredient? What's the first ingredient? Flour. Flour, then candy. The ingredients are flour, candy, it doesn't seem butter. Like candy quali- qualifies for an ingredient. I don't think candies are real ingredients. No, it's not. I thought you had to actually say what was in stuff. So there you go. Second ingredient, candy. <laughs> I don't even want to eat it now. I just want to keep it as like a museum piece. I want to you to dirt. eat it and then weigh yourself so I can laugh. Here's the thing about it is I secretly know it's probably not very good. That's the thing. I probably... Like that's going to keep you from eating it. I don't mean not good for me, Tim. I mean <laughs> probably not you're very looking good. at it, it's going to end up in your mouth. <laughs> sometimes uh, sometimes cookies from... Uh, from uh, and I love, let me just reveal my trashiness as an American. I love like uh, truck stop convenience store food. I know that will surprise no one, Tim Riley. Um... But like at a truck stop where they have like those burritos and like the greasy paper sleeve, I love those. Um, but cookies from truck stops are often not very good. They're just too sweet. So I'm gonna I'll put it over here. I'm sorry, fellas, you're just too loud. Uh, so maybe I'll eat it, maybe I won't. Oh, speaking of food, I stopped at my favorite burrito place and they they took the lady off washing windows back to making breakfast burritos again. I guess they punished her enough. It was because of your complaints, Tim. Well, they saw me walk by a couple times and I I purposely walked by there without going in, even though I only go there once a week. And I looked in like I was trying to decide, and I kept walking a couple of days. <laughs> so I went in today and go, oh, my favorite burrito maker. Excellent. And her boss had a hard time giving me a receipt for my purchase. And the British lady, who has been restored to burrito making where she wants to be, had to help her. And I pointed out to the owner that, you see, this woman is of great value to your business. Good you. You didn't know how to give me a receipt. 
I demand a receipt for my purchase, and this woman know how to do it. Good for you, Tim Riley. Way to help. So the... I, I felt good twice. Way to help the working man or woman in the. <laughs> Tim Riley's not a man to be trifled with. No. All right. Oh, Excellent. my breakfast burritos. You should begin referring to her as a barista. Oh, that's true. A a British barista. Barista. Oh, by the way, uh, I may have warned you Are all about this. Uh, there's a middle school tour coming through the building, so at some point we may be surrounded by children. Hi, kids. Hi. Yeah, you can come in. Hi, kids. Sure, come on in. Have you ever seen the Temple of Doom? Come on in. Have you been in a control room before? Have <laughs> like, you seen a grown man? You like <laughs> movies about gladiators? Wait, you there are children. Oh, I'm sorry. They're, they're actually in the studio now. All right. Well, Hi. those, those oh. will now all become inside thoughts. So pay no attention to the Hi. man behind the microphone. Or pay lots of attention to the man behind the microphone. Well, we, we should ask them where they're from. Where are you from? The Stolen Middle School. Stolen Middle School. Oh, Stolen Middle School. Is that in Beaverton? Yeah. All right, then. Excellent. All right, Susan Reynolds, uh, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru. Hello. All right. How many, uh, I'm sorry, we need to figure out the, uh, how many fine young Americans am I being graced by today? Uh, I believe around 13, 14. Excellent. And, uh, all right. And so is this now, are we just one stop on a many splendor tour? <laughs> or is this radio program actually so fantastic that this is the sum total of all they will need to know about radio? This would be the pinnacle of the tour yeah. right here. And, um, but I did yeah. give them, I did give them a little lecture in the conference room upstairs. And I showed that flow chart that you're so fond of. Yes. And I explained all the jobs uh, that we have here. Excellent. Did, did you point out that? Did you point out that we are in fact so high up on the flow chart that we can't even be seen? It's there's the flow chart and there's a supplemental <laughs> chart up above uh, where it shows us. You know, uh, one thing that is cool about Stoller Middle School, one of the many things, uh, is that they do have an in-house radio station and a TV station in middle school. So these kids are all part of that program. Excellent. The key to being good on the radio is to use lots of sound effects, like a horn that goes wah, wah, for no reason. Anytime you say something even remotely funny, the joke's not all that good, so much the better. Oh, uh, snare drum. Yeah. Or just, yeah, just, or here's the other thing you can do in radio. Uh, Always have a guy sort of sit, like, preferably many people, maybe like a guy, two women, two women, a guy. I'm sitting have slightly them, off mic. Have them sit slightly off the microphone and then laugh uproariously at everything you say. All right. Let's, let's. Wow. Wait, hold on. Let me, uh, let's, let's give this, let's give this a test run. I will make a terrible joke. And then you be my sort of paid laughers for the moment and uh, pretend that I am hilarious. You're being paid in knowledge. <laughs> All right. All right. So uh, here's my terrible joke. Um, <laughs> I just have to think about being funny and they laugh. So, uh, yeah, so I just flew in from Chicago. And boy, are my arms tired. This is the greatest tool I've ever had at my disposal. Everything I say is suddenly funny. Can a morning show be far behind? Wait, how about this one? How about this one? Uh, this makes me this makes me feel like I'm earning my huge paycheck. All right. I don't get it. I'm sure. That, no, neither neither do I, friend. All right. Uh, Stoller Middle School. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for coming out. Thank you for coming to see us. Hang out, linger, stare, ponder, ruminate, whatever it is, whatever it is you wish to do. We'll be going about our business here. Thank you, my friends. Thank you. All right, there you go. Solar Middle guys. Kids. All right, excellent. All right. All right, wonderful. That was terrific. Thank you. 
All right. Uh, shall we do a few telephone calls here before oh, we go yeah, you, you see, kids never have to be proud to be obnoxious. No. <laughs> you mean charming. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> our our future leader in the room. <laughs> Dude. Tim, you're such a <laughs> dick. Yeah, this is the end. <laughs> That's correct. All right. All right. You're thank you. See? Thank you, Susan. All right. I cannot believe Tim. you just I, that. I, I thought they were out of the room. How could you pop? They're right next to you. I, I'm, well, they're short. I couldn't see them. <laughs> they were out of my line of sight. It's not my problem. I mean, they, they were below, like, armpit level. I thought they were gone. Wow. I, did, I didn't mean it. Did you that girl was, like, all up in my business right yeah. here. She's just, like, grabbing the microphone. I'm like, go for it, sweetie. Yeah. Well, I didn't mean half the things I just said. Yes, you did. Uh -huh. We all did. Who wants to take some phone calls? Yes. From kids? I... Uh, we've had enough children for one day. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Good morning, Rick. Hey, how you doing? what's up? Uh, hey, so how many people can fit into the crystal ballroom there? I want to make sure that I'm, that I don't I'm know. in line. Eight, nine thousand. I don't know. Okay, well, I want to make sure because if I'm calling in sick with a hangover on Friday, morning. it's a it's a big space. I mean, that's the thing. Right. Is that, you know, a couple uh -huh. years ago we were at we were at Sabala's, uh, and you know, at Sabala's there was you know there was a line to get in. I mean, there were people on the street who couldn't get in. Uh, at, uh, there was even spare room for an Imus crowd. Not I'm, Imus. Well, I've been there. well, I'm sure there would have been. I mean, the Alekas crowd. Um, at uh, at, uh, at Barracuda, uh, there was, uh, you know, it was crowded. The Crystal's a big space, though, and that was by design. So the Crystal is a big room. That being said, show opens, show starts at 8, doors at 7, and I would suggest being there sooner rather than later. That is my strong, oh, yes. strong suggestion, sir. No, sir, I'm number 40. Uh, oh, uh, this guy's number 40. Oh. What is your MySpace name, sir? Uh, uh, you know, she, uh, it's, it's the Lone Wolf. The Lone Wolf. Is that your, that's your display name? All right, she'll be adding you right now, sir. Thank cool. you. Thanks. Uh-huh. All okay. right, bye now. All right, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey. Hey. I love to bowl with you guys on Sunday. Um, I do believe the slots on the bowling team, I think they might all be spoken for at this moment. What I'll do is I'm going to uh, pass you to Richie Bristol. He'll get your contact information, and as we get closer to Sunday, uh, we'll let you know kind of how things shake out. Sometimes people, you pledge, you sign up, and then they can't make it. But we'll, we'll absolutely keep you in the loop. Uh, we, you should absolutely turn out to sort of just stare at us regardless, because it's going to be, you know, and then there's going to be other teams. You can come, you know, come out and cheer us on or whatever, and Sarah and I are going to be competing at the Sleep Country Pajama Bowl on Sunday. And we're both going to be wearing embarrassing pajamas, so you should come out regardless. Oh, I need to buy you some stuff. Yes. So, um, wear embarrassing pajamas? Yeah, you, you should come in pajamas as well. Okay, cool. All right, so I'm going to pass you to Richie. He'll get your contact information. What's your name? Uh, my name's Michelle. All right, Michelle. Are we going to see you on Thursday? Yes. All right. Excellent. See you, see you then. I'll put you on with Richie. Okay, thank, thank you. Thank you. Richie, can you talk to Michelle on line two? Thank you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, Rick and Sarah and Tim. Hello. 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 Uh, my name's Matt, by the way. Uh, I just wanted to tell you a friend of mine is the writer for Tim's world premiere movie. Excellent. And if you can't remember the other name, it also goes by Jimmy the Degenerate. So I guess yeah, the, the title, I think, is names. still in process. They are the, the, still being smoothed out. But, yes, the film will have its world premiere Thursday night at the listener party. And, yeah, and uh, yeah, I turned him on to your fabulous program, and he's a lifelong listener now. Thank you, sir. And uh, I, I'm not getting due credit for the see you on Thursday line. I'm the dick that you called. Yeah, but it's uh, even... We only got to use it once, though, because now there's nothing else that works. We don't have another, uh, another, you know, sort of, it's like there's a see you on Thursday. doesn't really work. Oh, so you changed the word, and so now you get full credit? Yes. Okay. Well, great. All right. I'll All see right. you guys. 
See you on Thursday. Bye now. <laughs> All right, have a good day. All right. Uh, do, have we heard confirmation from CNN? Yeah. Oh, then we should break. Yeah, we have Dick. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do we ever? <laughs> oh, a lot of bings. Uh, if you're on hold, have a kooky morning show. <laughs> we need those kids to come laugh at us. All right. Um, thank you so much. No, you're too kind. Back after this with Dick Ulyan. Right, no, I'm going to tell you about that. Why? Hello. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Just mere moments from now, CNN Radio correspondent Dick Giuliano. Later on, our good friend, I'll just say one of the roasters. Be calling us here uh, before the top of the hour. Uh, later on, we'll uh, have, we got to talk about the top five, too. Uh, so we'll talk to Dick Giuliano. We'll discuss the top five which I need some help creating. Um, and then we'll have uh, a chat with one of the roasters coming up, Tim Riley at noon, uh, later on other things and whatnot. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show uh, from the Hill CNN radio correspondent, Dick Uliano. Hello, sir. How are you today? Hey, Rick. Good, good afternoon from uh, Washington, D.C. How's life? How are things? This is part of my human interest. I have to ask now, so how are the gas prices where you are, Dick? <laughs> Everything's cool except the gas prices. No, they're high here, like three, three seventy-two, three seventy-three a gallon, three eighty-nine in some of the neighborhoods. It's tough, man. Isn't it, there's some sort of now. There's some. This is not the Hillary Clinton thing, I don't think. But isn't there something kind of wending its way through the Senate where there's some? They're asking the White House to sort of address this at least temporarily. Yeah, what they did, Rick, uh, just a short while ago, and the House is expected to do it later today. The Senate overwhelmingly, ninety-seven to one, with Senators Clinton and Obama both voting for this bill, have voted uh, to halt the government's uh, shipment of oil into the strategic reserve. Uh, this is the um, emergency supply that the government keeps in underground caverns in Louisiana and Texas. There are about 700 million barrels of oil there, and the government is putting about 70,000 barrels a day. And the senators, in their wisdom, thought, hey, this is not such a good idea to be stockpiling oil uh, when uh, people are struggling to pay for gas prices. So they're hoping by halting these shipments, Rick, that it might sort of reduce demand a little bit and maybe bring down gas prices. But we'll see. Here's a really dumb question, and, and, and maybe, maybe this is a thing that you can speak to, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like I ought to know this, but I don't. The, how much of the oil that, you know, the consumer oil, let's say, that we use in America, how much of that comes from countries other than the U.S.? Oh, geez, the lion's share of it. Uh, we are, you know, really reduced to a trickle here in this country of producing oil. Our biggest foreign supplier of oil is da, 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 da. Saudi Arabia. Hmm? Saudi Arabia. Canada. Oh, I hadn't really? Yeah. Yeah, people don't realize that. Uh, Saudi Arabia is up there, but you know, I'll tell you, our Mideast oil, I think, is only about, I don't have all these figures in front of me, but I think about 30% of our international supply, Canada, we get oil from Canada, from Mexico, uh, but you know, so most of it is imported, absolutely. Wait, so does that mean that, that Mexico, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but that no, Mexico yeah. and Canada are members of OPEC? No, uh, but that OPEC is only one of the suppliers, uh, but Venezuela is in OPEC, Nigeria. Syria is in OPEC, uh, so we all get that oil. And, and speaking of that, the President Bush uh, leaves for the Mideast today. He's going to visit Saudi Arabia, and uh, reportedly he's going to ask the Saudis to step up production to help us out a little bit, because yeah. it's tough. I mean, you know, uh, look, you know, there's a lot of global demand. We're competing with the Chinese and with the uh, with uh, the Indians. Uh, 
who are really, you know, putting more cars on the road each and every day. And uh, this is the result. I mean, there's huge global demand. There's a diminishing supply, and it's not cheap. Uh, all right. So there's there's that, and then the, the just I hate to abruptly shift gears, but I, I, I mean, we were just talking before the uh, before the show, before the break about West Virginia. Yeah. Um, so this. Let me let me just put it bluntly. In your journalistic assessment, your uh, your educated opinion as a correspondent and an observer of the political process, if Hillary Clinton, because she's favored by some massive like yeah, forty right. points or something, right? If Hillary Clinton won a hundred percent of the vote, every single person that voted in West Virginia voted for Hillary Clinton. At this point, is it the conventional wisdom that the wave behind Obama is so strong it just doesn't matter? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, if she were to win every single vote in West Virginia, she would win a grand total of 28 delegates. That would not catch her up to Obama, who still leads by about, I think it's about 200 delegates that he's leading, and he has one more superdelegate than her. And remember, that's what it's all about. It's not about the popular vote. It's about who has the highest number of delegates going into the convention. So then the question would be, you know, why is she hanging in there? You know, that I can't really give you an answer to. Maybe she just doesn't want to quit. Maybe she figures he's going to screw up, and she'll be in a good position to steal all the marbles, uh, but she continues to hang in there, so she will also contest in uh, Kentucky, and of course, in your fair state, I guess that's next week, right? Yes, indeed, sir. Um, by the way, I will use now an analogy that you may feel free to steal and pass along as your own, uh, that Hillary doing really, really well in, in West Virginia is like getting every single number right on a $2 scratch-off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, I got every number you know. correct, I win $7. I like the way she's kind of become sort of a country girl, you know, sort of, you know, this Wellesley Yaley, uh, now sort of, uh, sort of hobnobbing in the hollers of West Virginia. Well, they went right to, Bill Clinton actually went right to and said, well, she speaks to people like you. Right. And Hillary has that great sales technique. It's like the first thing they teach you in sales is always talk to the person the way that they themselves talk to you. Uh huh. And right, right. she, she is just quicksilver at that. You're right. I mean, I think, uh, you noted that she's going to some of the areas that maybe are not traditionally uh, visited by politicians. You know, I think if she does well uh, tonight, Rick, it may help her with a little bit of momentum. Maybe people will take another second look and say, you know, why didn't Obama win in West Virginia? Who knows? Maybe it'll help with her fundraising in terms of uh, getting uh, getting some dollars so she can start to pay off some campaign debt, you know, when this is all over. But if she continues to hang in there, the Democratic Party elders say, look, let's resolve this in the next few weeks. Let's have a nominee in June. All right, my friend. As always, a pleasure. We will speak to you in the immediate future. You have a Thanks fantastic day. Me, Thank you. Dick Giuliano, CNN radio correspondent. Excellent. Wonderful. I dig that guy. You know, the thing about Dick Giuliano is every time uh, we get ready to have him on, I, I, you sort of, I mean, we love having him on, but you kind of forget how great he is. Mm -hmm. He comes on, he's like, hello, Dick, you know, Rick. And then he's just, you know, he's, he's right there, man. He delivers. He he's delivers also... the news. All right. We'll set this over here. Uh, all right, 503-733-2970. So I got all these uh, notes uh, to weigh through that I didn't, things I didn't get to uh, last night. All right, do you want to hear that song since we're? Oh yeah. So here's the thing. So I, I we're uh, we're going to be uh, speaking with one of our roasters here in a few. Uh, Tim Riley uh, up at noon uh, from the Ministry of Truth. Uh, and later on, uh, we got to do the. Uh, I got to figure out how much I weigh and so forth, and we got all that stuff coming up. With, oh, we're later on today. Every guy with with a mouse has been has been clicking and emailing me this. 
He's been asking about the girl who needs a date for the party. And so... Uh, yeah, I've had a bunch of people write me about that as well. I totally... Well, are you going to give me the hookup? So uh, later on today, uh, we're going to talk to this girl, Bobby, uh, who needs a date for Rick Emerson uh, Listener Party 11. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll have her on the phone with us later on. And, and, you know, who knows, depending on how things, you know, maybe she has like a MySpace or whatever. So... Do we have we the song? No. Is it buffering endlessly? No, because the YouTube is just not my sucks. friend today. All right, hold on. Give me one second. Let me see if I can find well, it. Well, aren't really we quickly. supposed to have? Isn't our person supposed to call right now? Yeah, but I don't know if that's. Uh, let's see here. Buffer. See if, see if I can get this to play over here, Ryan. Is it playing where you are, Sarah? <laughs> wah, wah. There we go. Okay, right. nobody knows. <laughs> all right, so... Uh, mine's buffering now, too. All right, mine is about a fifth of the way done. So, uh, let's just give me a little background here. So... Yeah, so why, how did this even come about? Because this... Can I just tell you that this song gets stuck in... The song I'm about to play gets stuck in my head all the time. All the time. And I don't know why. I have no reason for it, except that I will tell you, I will admit this, that I really loved this song when it came out. Uh, when this song came out, and they couldn't... And, when, and I was living in Utah, and I don't think they sold it as a single... For some reason, I think that was like one of those record company scams where they wanted to force you to buy the album. So they wouldn't sell it as a single, and of course there was no uh, there was no iTunes or anything then back in the dark ages. So you had to buy the whole... So I bought the whole record, and of course, you bought the record, and you could tell... First of all, the rest of the record was crap. And second of all, you knew that the record company knew that the rest of the record was crap. Why? Mm-hmm. Because the CD had three different versions of this song. So like even before the CD was... Even before the CD was put in stores when they were manufacturing the cd they thought let's put three different versions of the single on there because that's the only reason anybody ever buy this oh yeah so this song gets stuck in my head all the time this song reminds me of sneaking out of my parents house when i was a freshman in high school and we'd drive out to this town that was like uh, like 10 miles outside of town and i'll go like drink beers in this like abandoned house out there why does this song remind you? Of because that? we listened to it on. Oh, Wiki. really? Yeah, because this it was really popular during the summer when I was in ninth grade. So here's the thing. So I'll play this song because it was stuck in my head again today. And I came in before the show. I came in around 10:30, and I told someone like, I got this song stuck in my head, and we need to create a top five around this song, and we couldn't come up with anything. So, so here's the deal. I'm gonna play this song, and then uh, you—that uh, is to say, uh, you, uh, the esteemed listening audience. Uh, need to help. I need to come up with a top five then to structure around this. So we're going to reverse engineer this. We've come in some days where we say like, hey, uh, you know, you give us the idea for the top five, and then we on the show will create the top five and play it later on. We've done, here's a top five. Can you guess the theme? This is a little different. So I'm going to play this one song, and then I need a top five to be created around it that we can play later on. So, here is the song that you must reverse engineer a top five from. I would say the song gets stuck in my head once a week. And it came out like 15 years ago. How does stuck in your head because it's got the catchiest chorus ever but devised where by do you man hear this? I haven't nowhere heard this song. no i don't even think anybody plays this song anymore do they i, I can't imagine it maybe i'm trying to think of some i don't even think what are all some... the format Everyone, everything's like bouncing around i don't know what formats even exist but i don't think any of the currently existing maybe like an ac station might play this an ac st- like if they do 90s weekends or something because it's not that rhythmic you know what was this 93 94 95 i was in utah so 95 I mean, it's not, you know, 
It's not country. It's not rap. It's not rock. It's not it's like the cranberry dance music, sort of. Yeah, except that it's got like the it's got like the catchiest chorus ever. Richie, can you can you check the phones, please? Thank you. I forgot how long it takes to get to the chorus here. Please don't bore us. Get to the chorus. No. They used to say that. That was a thing they used to say. Here we go. We listen to this in Bone Thugs and Harmony. Meet you at the crossroads. So, this gets stuck in my head like once a week. So just like appears in your head. Yeah. I'll wake up and there it is. I mean, so there you go. I mean, this uh, the, the player here can't. I can't skip ahead to the chorus. But I mean, that's. But you know, that everybody knows that song because it's because it's insidious. Uh, all right. So anyway, so so I, what I need I need a top five created around that song. I don't know what the top five would be. I don't know what else would be on the list. So you know, have fun with that. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show one of our esteemed roaster? roasters for this sign in, please, mystery roaster. The roaster. <laughs> Hello, Storm. Hi, how, how are you? <laughs> I was still thinking of a top five for that song, and I, I think uh, I think I have to come up with a suggestion of uh, top five songs that would make one ashamed to be a woman. Yeah, well, it's and I think she's I think she is is she Scottish or Irish or, or something? She's got because I remember seeing uh, an interview with her and uh, she had like this like the, the brogue or whatever it is they call it, and it's I yeah. mean it was one of those songs that I heard the first time on the radio, and yeah. I immediately was. Just you know, I have to buy this right now. It's yeah. like, like the first time I heard, I would walk 500 miles by the Proclaimers, and I'm like, oh. I have to go to the store and purchase this immediately. Right. And then the, but, the, but it's like there's this, there this this insidious aesthetic in the 90s of Lilliputian sounding women who just made me sound like a gigantic man beast. That you know. So that was like that was the that was the fashion of the time. So I hate those people. <laughs> so it was it, so it was like it was like her and um, God. I'm trying to think of who else uh, who the else. Freaking cranberries. The cranberry Dolores Ridden from the cranberries. And as and as well, hit crazy. And as much and as much as I love her, Jill Sobule was like that too. Yeah, man. Uh, where Jill Sobule sounded like a little pixie-ish nine-year-old uh, every time she sang. Yeah, so. it was just. You know, it's a conspiracy from the man. You must sound like a 12-year-old, easily dominated, tiny creature, <laughs> pocket-sized, little impish, but still somehow trampy. Yeah, you know? totally. And still, yeah, still still effable. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <sighs> it drives me nuts. <laughs> well, all right, then. This kind of this kind of vitality and wit will uh, be on display Thursday night. Now, I'm going to say, so here's the thing. I, I, of course, have been true to my word. I haven't seen any of the roasts. I, I don't know what any of the roasts are going to be. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I got no knowledge, but I will say this, that the uh, the street buzz, the early word uh, on the grapevine is that uh, is that yours is pretty fantastic. Oh, that's good. Cause I, you know, I don't know what to, I can't, you know, I, I'm just... I'm a lot of hot air, you know. I, I'm I'm very vicious and cruel to people who are vicious and cruel, but you I adore. So it's kind of like it's, you you've asked me to do quite a terrible thing, Rick Emerson. <laughs> well, we did give. I and I think at one point we had the whole like good cop bad cop thing, uh, where like you could be nice and then Davey could Davey could be mean to me or something. Right. And I know we but went. Davey through... was the same way. Davey got all sad. He's like, I can't be mean to Rick either. <laughs> well, let's just put it this way: you are the only two people on the earth who apparently have that problem. <laughs> I had the problem too. Look, I totally pushed out exactly. and now I'm the listener you, ones. You don't 
dodged a bullet. I totally. You know what? I know I'm making no bones about it. I totally did. I did not want to write it, and I found any way that I could to which I didn't have to. You totally owe me, dude. I know. (laughs) Apparently, the listeners made up for your lack of cruelty, though. You said the listeners are pretty. uh, They're pretty brutal about it with their listener roasts. Oh, that's good. They're pretty creative, definitely. All right, so so we will see you uh, on Thursday uh, for the roast. Uh, looking fantastic, I'm sure. Yeah, um, what, are, what should we be wearing? Is this like a fancy, like, uh, are, are you guys going to be wearing suits a la the old, like, traditional roast garb? Like, for me, you dress very nice. You've got to wear, like, a fancy pants dress. I'm wearing a dress. You have to wear a dress. Okay, I'll wear a dress. Yeah, the uh, yeah the folks on stage are going to dress up. I mean, there's no you know people have asked like what do I need to wear? You know for you know if you're coming to watch if you're you know for the the audience you know no dress code dress up dress down whatever. Uh, folks on stage are going to we'll be we'll be a little gussied as they say. So. Are you wearing a tie, Rick Emerson? Yes. He's wearing a tux. Yes, I am. <laughs> are you really? <laughs> yeah, but you know the thing is that gets such a disproportionate uh, amount of of reaction from people though because as Sarah pointed out. It's, it's, tuxes are great because it's like, as a guy, you have to do so little work to look good when you get all tuxed up. You know what I mean? True. Oh, I just have a total tux fetish. It's going to make it even harder to be mean to you. Well, duly noted. Richie's going to be wearing a tux, too, so I'm going to say, then you'll take a special interest in Richie Bristol, who will also also be looking ravishing that night, so. Is he going to be wearing a tux, too? And Tim Riley. He will indeed. Good Lord. Here's, here's. I'm wearing a, a dress. And I'll send you a picture of it. Okay. We're being girls. What do you mean? All right. Here's the challenge, though. When you it's look on at the website. Oh, yeah. I would suggest. Oh, yeah, I'm not wearing, but that's not my dress. Oh, thing. Oh, that's, that's not the dress she's wearing. But if you want to see a great picture of us, uh, you go, uh, you go to uh, 970.am. There's a pretty great photo up there. But the, the challenge for you on uh, Thursday Storm will be when you see Richie in the tux, try very hard not to hear Batman in your head. So. <laughs> Get him a, we gotta get him a cigarette holder, like a long yeah. cigarette holder. And a monocle. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm out. All right. Storm Large, as always a pleasure. We will see you on Thursday night, Storm. Yes, sir. Thank you Thank so much. You. See you then. Storm Large, ladies and gentlemen. God bless her. All right, there you go. Fantastic. All right. Uh well let's do a couple of these calls about the top five. We'll break. We'll come back with Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Hello there, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Good day, Rick Emerson. What's up, sir? Um, top five songs, top five one-hit wonders from TV shows such as Beverly Hills 90210. Now, is that song that one of totally those? totally is. Uh, yes, that was the summer when Kelly and Dylan got together. Dude, or like Shanice, I nerd. Love Your Smile, like that kind of stuff. Um, well, you know that How How Do You Talk to an Angel, that, uh, what's that song from uh, the Dawson's Creek there that the... The All right. Song, well, I don't which is in the 90s, well, but... Sarah, you'll have to you'll have to help me <clears throat> put it together then. I just, those... I just love ni- crappy '90s music anyway. Well, do you want to? Uh... Those, that song by The Heights. All right. Well, so so this would be okay. So that it would be give us the the high concept again. What is the title? Uh, top ten one hit wonders from TV shows like Beverly Hills 90210. All right. We'll put that on the pile, sir. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. All right, there you go. Uh, that's pretty good. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. We're trying to construct a top five out of the Donna Lewis song, I Love You Always Forever, because we're retarded. Hello. <laughs> but I like your retardedness. Well, it's <laughs> what I do. <laughs> um, what about top five songs that get stuck in your head? Well, top five songs that get stuck in, uh, we could do that, uh, or top five songs that get stuck in, like Sarah's head or my head or something. Yeah, There's something there, because yeah. that, that Donna Lewis song, it's like... It's like a rash that just won't go away. You're just like, ah, 
and you wake up and there it is, like in your brain, just looping along with her. And apparently she's Welsh, by the way. So uh, just looping around in your head like some sort of a weird pinball bouncing off all of your synapses. And then you have to, like, try to find a better song to kind of wash it out. Yeah, totally. Well, that's the problem with those songs is, like, every time you replace it, it's just for some other Macarena piece of crap that gets stuck in your head. <laughs> all right, well, we see you on Thursday, sir. Definitely. Thank Definitely. you, my friend. All right. All right. Thank you. We'll Bye. do uh, two more, then we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, how's it going? What's up? Uh, top five. Uh, top five songs on Chris Kattan's uh, MP3 player. <laughs> You mean Chris Kattan as himself or Chris Kattan in character from uh, what's it? Because uh, he's in... Night at the Roxbury. Uh, yeah, exactly. Was he in Superstar? Yeah. yeah. No, 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 he wasn't in What Superstar. am I thinking no. of? Uh, Who are they? Wasn't he the cheer, one of the cheerleader guys? No, he's Mr. No, that was Will Ferrell. Yeah, see, I don't really know that era of SNL all that well. So. Oh, no, that was uh, oh. Will Ferrell, yeah. Will Ferrell. All right. Okay, so top five songs on the actual Chris Kattan's MP3 player. Yeah. All right, we're putting it up. So this would be in our estimation. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know... Unless you wanted to call him up. But, you know. <laughs> Unless we wanted to stalk him. All right. Thank you, sir. Will we be seeing you on Thursday? Unfortunately not. I have a class. I go to college. What a class. What, 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 wow. what class at what college? <laughs> it's uh, writing 227 technical writing at uh, Mount Hood Community College. Oh. Do I need to point out the many ways in which the party is better than what you just told me? Uh, no. Seriously, no. Why, what, is, what is the worst that can happen? You miss one class. Let me just well, put it this way. We only, we only meet one night uh, a week. Well, tell, them, tell them they have to move it. That's the, <laughs> that's the night that uh, the, uh, your final project's do. It's pretty uh, pretty important class. Is your final project done? No, no. It's the proposal for your final project. Oh, I see. You have to give the proposal for your final project. Could you give it via satellite from the crystal ballroom? That would be interesting, but she can barely work the projector. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Bye now. All right. Uh, let's take a break. Come back. Tim Riley, have ye news for us? Yes, and then some. Excellent. All right, we'll come back. More of your phone calls, too. If you're on the phone, hang tight. We'll get back to you. Uh, Tim Riley around the corner. Later on, more about Rick Emerson. Listen to Party 11. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Show. Emerson Radio Program, 503-733-2970. We're now 56 hours away. Rick Emerson, listener, party 11. But we are no hours away from Tim Riley. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. You're trying to steal somebody's truck in North Portland? You're going to get killed. That's what happened this morning. An attempted trek that escalated into a fight. When police said the citizen tried to stop the prowler who died in the scuffle, 
This guy comes outside, spots somebody who's trying to uh, steal his girlfriend's pickup, so he lunges at the guy. The guy already has a knife, and the two fight. Then somebody else dropped the knife, but they weren't aware that anybody was stabbed with a knife at that point. Uh, so the suspect uh, stopped moving. It was because he was dead. <laughs> Wait, hold on. He doesn't seem to be moving anymore. I, oh. I guess he doesn't want the trick after all. This is what you have to do. You need to become proactive. <laughs> Kill the next person truck. who steals my truck. So, yeah, it works, apparently. So was this the cops or the homeowner? Uh, this the, is... this is uh, The boyfriend of the truck's owner. Right. The boyfriend of the truck's owner comes out. They get in the fight. And he kills the guy. Yeah. Good for you, sir. Absolutely. Well done. We need to give him a medal. The Rick Emerson show. Do I have fanfare anywhere? Um, let's see. It seems like I ought to have fanfare. Well, you do have, like, the Glorious Bastard music. That's it. I had the Glorious Bastard music. Uh, let's see. Let me just see. What well, more comes up if I hit fanfare? Nothing. Oh, oh wait. 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 So the interesting part here is police that doesn't really work. <laughs> that sounds like a car I, alarm. I thought it was jazzy. <laughs> Wait, this will be our thank you, honored citizen, for killing an intruder. Congratulations! North Portland is a little bit safer because you killed a truck thief. By the way, police have not yet released the cause of death. <laughs> that doesn't really work at all. But uh, what did do? Do you have the name of the killer? Uh, no, but I have the address. Uh, stay out of the 300 block of North Bay Drive, Hayden Bay Drive. Or they'll kill you. Even at 5 o'clock in the morning. Well, congratulations to that guy. Really, I, I wish that I had had the chance to kill one of the people who stole my truck many, you know, any of the n numerous times it's been stolen. Maybe next time will be it. Oh, I hope so. Um, you need to not mount a knife rack outside by your garage. I did at one point years and years and years ago, uh, when somebody broke into my car, um, I and in retrospect it seems kind of stupid because I don't know that I would have done anything. But um, I, I they, they you know they typically don't come back the next night I think. But I but when somebody broke into my car I felt and I was real dirt poor at the time and they you know and they just it, it you know took a bunch of CDs you know which you know I had stupidly left in the car but they took them. I just felt so violated. I just felt so angry about it. And you know that violation when somebody breaks into your car. Oh, that happened to me in high school. Oh yeah, terrible. And it's like the word you're just like oh you son of a bitch you know. And so I. It happened to me in college. Somebody broke a window in my Falcon. In your Falcon, really? Yeah. You had a Falcon? Yeah. Why'd you get rid of that? I don't remember what happened. Mm. Oh, that's too bad. Oh yeah, it was only well, it was a piece of crap. You know? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the car you have when you're in college. But I mean, Falcons are kind of cool looking, aren't they? I mean, the Falcons that thing kind of looks like a Mustang. No, 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 no. It looks like a lady's car. Oh. Well, never mind. Uh, well, maybe I'm thinking of something else. But uh, but I felt so angry and just just violated that the guy had broken into my car that I had um I don't even know why I owned a baseball bat because not like I don't play baseball. But I uh, but I remember sitting up all the next night, sitting in my apartment window which overlooked the parking lot, kind of keeping an eye on it and and thinking and kind of thinking to myself, okay, if it's a big guy or a bunch of guys, maybe I'll just call the man. But if it's like some spindly kid. You know, just some meth head who's breaking in my car. Like, I'm going to go shatter his legs. And nobody came back, and I'm kind of glad they didn't, because I don't know what I would have done. Um, their legs. Well, if it had been somebody, if I thought I could have taken them, and if they appeared to be unarmed, if it was just some jackass, uh, I think I might have go down, gone down and given him what for with a baseball bat. And boy, goddamn, it would have been satisfying. But I didn't do that. So this guy did more than that, though. Stabbed him and killed him. Yep. Good for you, citizen. All the right. suspected crawler stopped moving. <laughs> and stop stealing as well, I might add. Autopsy is pending for what? <laughs> Why are you wasting money? It De was a knife. <laughs> Seriously, death by justice—that's the cause, Tim. 
All right. Excellent. Good we for like you. We like it when bad people die. We do. Uh, you know, because a man in, a man on his own property, Tim, is truly a king in a castle. You betcha. Uh, and a, man, you know, a man's castle is, is not to be penetrated. So, All right. Here's Tim Riley. Meanwhile, Drew Barrymore chased a hit-and-run motorist around L.A. after the reckless driver smashed into her car and took off. The Charlie's Angel star was driving in West Hollywood just before uh, noontime yesterday when she was rear-ended. But instead of pulling over to exchange insurance details, the perpetrator made off. She eventually lost track of the vehicle, but did at least commit the offender's car license plate and number to memory. Police are reportedly investigating the incident. No arrest. Of course, the license plate will be long gone. This has happened to me there before, too. Some people drive without a license, no insurance, but you're forced to pay big bucks for insurance to drive in California. You know, Tim, it's, uh... Oh, never mind. No, I'm just pondering all kinds of comments, but we'll just we'll just move on. The homeless must find homes. Those protesters in front of City Hall have been given an ultimatum. Oh God, move on by tonight or be forced out. I drove by there the other day. Um, Chris Paddock and I had to go over to Kink uh, to do like a little, uh, not the donkey show, but to do a dog and pony show for, for sales folks about you know whatever. So so Chris Paddock and I are in his uh, his sign or whatever driving, and we we took fourth or whatever that street is. By there, can you even imagine what the stench at that part of town is like right now? Yeah. I mean, first of all, we get caught in construction. Second of all, you're caught in construction on a hot day with the windows down, and there's like 900 homeless guys out there just fermenting away like so much head cheese. So, I mean, and it's like, who wants to spend their day beside a trash can? I mean, seriously. I mean, well, and, so, uh, either they move tonight or they will be moved. And I mean, you want to talk about a people who have no bargaining power? I mean, really, what leverage is it that you suppose you have as like a stinky uh, homeless guy? They want affordable homes. Not going to happen. No. Move on. Next. A man was killed yesterday with a small tractor he was riding and plunged down a steep riverbank. Uh, this tractor uh, driver was 82 years old. He was moving some dirt around his land in uh, Cornelius. When he suddenly plunged down the bank that he was operating a, a tractor so close to the edge of the cliff, his wife said uh, she saw the tractor go down and didn't know what happened to her husband initially. Uh, firefighters were called in to uh, remove his body. Yeah, tractor. I barely knew her. So uh, Barack Obama, who have a great campaign staff who do get in touch with me every now and then, uh, said something that was uh, cut in the national media. He was in Beaverton touring some industrial plant when he told the crowd that He'd already visited 57 states. Because, you know, it is just wonderful to be back in Oregon. And over the last 15 months, we've traveled uh, to every corner of the United States. Uh, I've now been in 57 states. I think one left to go. Uh, one left to go. Uh, Alaska and Hawaii I was not allowed to go to, even though I really wanted to visit. But my staff would not uh, justify it. Wait, so he must have... Well, he couldn't have been in 47. He might have. Oh, he might have been 47. One more would make it 48. He's not going to Alaska or Hawaii. Right. Uh, all right. By the way, did you that reminds that reminds me of something here. Did you see this story? Let's see here. Um, trying to find it. This story from the Loudon Times. I don't even know where that is. Uh, let's see, the Loudon Times. I'm trying to figure out where this. There is, is a Loudon, New Hampshire. Is it, maybe that might be where it is. I mean, this is going to be kind of a big, a big overture for a little bit of a payoff. Let's see, Loudon Times. That sounds correct. Loudon Times. Well, um, well, I'm just. I wanted to read you this tiny, this tiny little thing. Anyway, uh, this is from the Loudon Times, which I do believe is in New Hampshire, and they noted that it was about a spelling bee, uh-huh. and it said, um, "Champions." This is, by the way, this is a newspaper talking about. Uh, like a cognitive, an academic competition at a school, saying that there will be champions from 52 states there. So excellent, fantastic. I meant to post it, but it was one of those pesky things. 
uh, because of the Internet where the newspaper caught their mistake and they fixed it later on in the day. I hate it when that happens. It's always satisfying to see those things. Mistakes should be left as they are. It's true. Here's Tim Riley. We don't fix anything. No. Why should we? Uh, Hillary Clinton may need a massive victory. Well, we already heard this explanation if you're listening in the last hour because she just doesn't have enough. No. Uh, a professor from uh, the University of Washington says if the Indiana primaries end the indication, Clinton's West Virginia lead might not be as she would like. If, in fact, it, it's not a 40-point win but a 15-point win, um, that could be interesting, and that could show just how uh, shallow her support is. She but, uh, needs at least 30 points tonight. She really does need to win and win big, as the polls are suggesting. Anything shy of uh, of a 30-point win is going to have people thinking that Obama is picking up some momentum. But, I mean, who cares, who cares if she wins? It doesn't matter. Who cares about winning West Virginia? That's like, that's like winning. It's like being huge in Calcutta. It, just, it doesn't matter. It's just, no, 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 no. I've got the support of all the people in Port-au-Prince. So uh, it's just a, it's an entire state uh, that doesn't matter to this process at all. And it's shaped in a weird way. It is. It's, it's, it is oddly. Now, was that, now, were those two states at one point and then, like, one seceded? It was one state. Was it, but, uh, but did one, or and part of it broke off during the Civil War because it wanted to stay with the Union. Is, wait, now which, uh, West Virginia, believe it or not, were the good guys in the Union. They wanted to be part of the Union. The other Virginia wanted to be part of the South. And is the other one just Virginia or is it East Virginia? No. Plain old Virginia. Just plain old Virginia. So yeah. there's Virginia, which was a Confederate state. And then there is West Virginia, which was a Union state. Yes. All right, fantastic. Well, neither of them matter. No. Uh, Oh, this sounds kind of dirty. A hard, a hard-fought battle for an open congressional seat took a nasty turn when candidate Kevin Mannix, who knew he was running for something again, accused his opponent Mike Erickson of impregnating a young woman in 2000, then dropping her off at a clinic to have an abortion. Uh, Erickson's campaign emphatically denies the allegation, calls it a desperate smear by Mannix, who was lagged behind Erickson's fundraising. Mannix. Mannix. <laughs> I said, there's no a Quinn Martin production. There's no I have no other jokes there. Just except to say Mannix in that voice and to say a Quinn Martin production. I've always wanted to end this program. We always do those end of show cuts uh, where we'll play. If you, uh, it's one of the uh, one of the, uh, the many things that the uh, Rick Emerson does. So there's never a dull moment here. We always try to play something at the very end of the program. Is like a I barely knew her. No, not that. Uh, the uh, what did we do yesterday? I regret nothing. We tried. We did it yesterday. I've always wanted to end the show with a Quinn Martin production. So maybe I'll do that today. Here's Tim Riley. There are no more Quinn Martin productions. I think he's dead. Quinn Martin, you know, here, here's another thing. There are no Quinn Martin productions. And you know who you know who else doesn't make television shows anymore? Who at one point was making every show on earth? Stephen J. Cannell. Stephen oh, J. Yeah. Cannell during the 80s, every single program you saw. I'm going to IMDB Stephen J. Cannell right now because here's the thing. If, if you don't know Stephen J. Cannell, you certainly know his work. Uh, he's one of those guys that I... Uh, you know, it's like some like David E. Kelly was that way for a while. It was like David E. Kelly was writing every show on television. Mm-hmm. All right, Norman Lear before that. Norman Lear before that. True that, Tim, as the young people say. Hi. You're... Is this what you wanted in the first place? All right, hold on. Thank you. The weirdest thing just happened. You started playing that music the very instant I picked up the phone. Oh, no. And so for a minute I thought that like Quinn Martin was on on <laughs> on phone. Let's welcome Quinn Martin's theme music. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. I'm sorry. I'm not him. I'm just Ryan. But, uh, hey. It's okay. Oh, okay. Hey, I got one for you. Yes, uh, it's a TV show uh, song, and it's always stuck in my head, but uh, I don't know. It's from the 70s. It's uh, Suicide is Golden, the MASH uh, episodes. Oh, uh, uh, Suicide is Painless. Yeah, Suicide is Painless. Yeah. Absolutely. No, it's Absolutely. Su- so this would be, so you are thinking perhaps 
Is this a suggestion for the top five, or are you simply you're sharing a song that gets lodged in your brain? I'm thinking top five. Top five. All right. Well, look into it, sir. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Bye. Right, there you go. Here's a okay. This is a small list of the shows that Stephen Can uh, Stephen J Cannell uh, produced. Let's see. We've got. Oh, this is the this is the vocal version. Did you know that uh, that uh, Robert Altman's kid wrote these lyrics? No. Yeah, Robert Altman, who directed the Mash motion picture. As I've heard the story, there was a melody, but who was it? Johnny Mandel or somebody who did this? Who did this song? I think it was Johnny Mandel. But there were no lyrics to it, and then uh, Robert Altman's kid wrote the lyrics. Hmm. God, this is the saddest song ever. Yeah. It's so creepy. Didn't some goth guy, didn't like Marilyn Manson or somebody do like some like industrial cover of this? Which should have been a lot better than it really was. One of those things that should have been great but sucked. The Manic Street Preachers did a really, really great version of this, too. Um, all right. This depresses me. <laughs> we have to turn it off. We have to. Where's my Donna Lewis? Um, so, uh, let's see. We've got um partial list of Stephen J. Cannell songs. Or uh, shows, rather. Greatest American Hero. Uh, that was the one that really broke him into the mainstream. The A-Team. Hardcastle and McCormick. The Rousters. Riptide. Hunter. Stingray. Uh, wise guy, 21 Jump Street. Um, let's see, and then uh, and then he gets to uh, the Commish, um, the Great Pretender, uh, Renegade, um, Prophet, uh, which I think is actually still on now. So I mean that's that guy just owned the 80s. It was like every show was produced by Stephen J. Cannell, and every show had the music done by Mike Post. Do one more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Oh, hey, I was calling about your top five. Yes, sir. We're trying to create a top five out of this song, I Love You Always Forever by Donna Lewis. Oh, well, it seemed pretty simple to me. Top five songs from female artists in the 90s that were huge hits and you never heard from them again. So this would be like oh. a top five 90s one-hit wonder females. Right. Like, I can name off the top of my head Paula Cole, um, Sean Colvin. Um, uh, God, I had a, a couple others, but that, that whole um Who's the chick that did Whaler? Um, Whaler? There was an album called Whaler, and there was one hit off of it. It was, uh, Ah! Okay. <laughs> that, was, that, was kind of, that was kind of great right now. You know what? You just sounded uh, like there was a... I regret nothing! All right. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Bye. Jeez, it sounds like he would have some sort of a seizure at the end. <laughs> Quick, get him a ruler to bite on. Here's Tim Riley. That was... Well, some families in public housing in the Willamette Valley claim they're being terrorized by their neighbors. Uh, apparently, uh, well, some of these people include criminal histories in public housing. How could that possibly be? These are only the fine residents. Uh, they live in the Lynn Benton Housing Authority. Uh, they have frightening new neighbors, including 56-year-old Barry Allen Brown, who has a criminal history going back 21 years, including stalking and assault. Uh, he taps on my daughter's window in the morning. Oh, that ain't right. Mm -hmm. He lives right underneath. This uh, little girl's uh, bedroom window. Sometimes when you're asleep, I come in and I try on all your mittens. Then there's a 45-year-old James Hickman, a convicted sex offender. Uh, let's see. So he also lives in this housing authority building. So needless to say, if you want to move into one of these uh, subsidized housing, these just aren't your finest citizens. Oh, Tim, and there's nothing a, you can do, really. And that's a stereotype. I suppose so. I won't have it. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, hey 
Rick, a quick comment on our citizen hero that killed the car prowler. Yes, good for um, him. I, I just want to say that I hope to God he was defending himself and not just the car, because in Oregon you can't just defend property. You have to be defending your own life. Well, I'm sure that there could be any number of people produced I, who were there and saw him defending himself. Get away from me or I'll stab this car. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, something something really needs to start scaring people i'm um, just saying I, uh, away from this. I, I i caught someone breaking into my car uh two years ago and i went into writing for two seconds and literally i've been there for two seconds i come out and they have my stereo halfway out of the dashboard but then they got in their car and ran off and i tailgated them as far as i could go but my clutch was going out so i had to give up the chase because my car was such a piece of crap and uh i gave a full description of the car license plate uh, uh license plate everything i mean even the bumper stickers on the car and uh i mean i i called i must have called the police maybe for two weeks straight trying to get some kind of, I mean, even a, here if they even knocked on the people's door that owned the car and never heard anything. I mean, don't you feel like, here's the thing, doesn't it seem like this is another one of those things I always want where we ought to be able to do some national vote or poll on this. Don't you feel like we ought to institute sort of a theft prevention version of the five-second rule where if you catch a guy breaking into your property or car or stealing something of yours, you get a good 30 seconds of beating in. I mean, that's it. The clock starts running. 30 seconds. You yep. get to beat him for 30 seconds, and that's it. That would yep. totally be fair. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, that's with whatever is handy. Uh, one other quick thing. Uh, a really good sounder for the end of the show, I think I'd like to hear Sit Ubu Sit. Sit. Ah, good dog. Yeah. Thank you. And, uh, and uh, one more thing. Yeah, uh, sure. th- th- uh, those two shows, Riptide and Hardcastle McCormick, two of my favorite shows from the 80s. Thank okay. You. Uh, for for bonus points, what is the name of the artificial intelligence creature on Riptide? Oh, crap. It was it was by the nerd Murray. One of your favorite shows, indeed. I, uh, I call I, shenanigans. No, I, I forgot the name of the robot. Would you like to know, or would you like to just sit and ruminate it for the rest of the day, letting it eat you alive like a fire ant? Uh, just tell me. Robaz. Robaz. Boz, yeah. Yes. Thank Bye. you. Hey. Bye. Rip one of my favorite shows. Apparently not. Pwned. Here's Tim Riley. Guess what? ABC's only offering two new shows this fall. Really? That's pretty bad. Maybe they should just branch it out and just have uh, like an all-lost and desperate housewives uh, network or something. That show is lame. Which law? Which... Desperate Housewives? Well, I've never be- seen it. Well, it was all the buzz for a while, right? I mean, that one of those things where for the first year... I, mean, I don't I- want to see a bunch of hags like sleeping with each other's husbands. That's true. How's that Sex in the City movie coming, Sarah? <laughs> I'm so excited for it. <laughs> Seriously, at least they have, they're like kind of endearing in Sex in the City. Like these, they're just, oh, their skin's all like freakishly tight and their hair is bad. And... The sad thing about Desperate Housewives uh, to me is that, and I've, I've only seen, I watched the first, I think, three episodes because, again, there was all this buzz about it. Everybody sort of talked about it. And I do, the thing I will say is I love Felicity Huffman. I really do. I love Felicity Huffman. Uh, she's fantastic, and not just because she's married to William H. Macy, and not just because she was on both Sports Night and The West Wing for a while. She's just great. Is that um, the girl with a stretched-out mouth? <laughs> only sometimes, Tim. Bam! Yeah! Uh, I don't even know what that means. The uh, But the show had all of that sort of hype around it for the first year, and then it seems like the hype sort of immediately dissipated, whereas Sex and the City... Uh, even though, you know, I'm not a big Sex and the City fan, it's not my deal. Uh, but Sex and the City had a consistent following. I mean, Sex and the City was, you know, it, it was, it, for, it may seem to sound like I'm knocking it, I'm not. I'm just saying it was sort of like a Kevin Smith thing for girls. It was, you know, it was a quality, consistent show. Mm-hmm. It, within, it was a genre program, but within that genre, v- quality and consistently good 
And, and it's crude and true to life, and it's just, it, it's amazing. I really like it. Would you show. say that that's the closest America has to, like, an absolutely fabulous? Yeah. Because, I mean... It, and it, it has so many, like, ridiculous scenarios that are so true to life that you don't really, that you've never really seen depicted on a show before. This is actually before your time, but what, what Sex and the City really was, it was almost a female version of this show on HBO back in the 80s called Dream On with Michael Benben. Uh, who uh, the whole thing about Dream On was? It was basically it was the, it was uh, sort of like a, a single guy and his sort of romantic and sexual travails. Uh, but the gimmick of Dream On is that everything he knew he sort of learned from television. So at at crucial points in his life when he would have to make a decision, it would cut to inside his head and they would illustrate whatever he was thinking by using a clip from an old 1950s TV show. It was kind of a cool idea actually. And plus there were boobs everywhere. So like if you were a kid in the 80s, that was like the pinnacle. Um, but Sex and the City was was consistently good, whereas it seems like Desperate Housewives has really fallen off. I don't even hear anybody talking about it. Nah. The two new ABC shows are going to be Life on Mars about a police detective in 1973. The 70s are coming back. The second series opportunity knocks it's a game show. So is Life on Mars, is that a sitcom or a drama? It is a police detective transporting you back to 1973. See, if that's a drama, I would please tell me it's set in New York, because everything must be. doesn't say. All, all shows must be set in New York or Los Angeles. Um, I would, I, now see, I would watch a cop drama set in 1970s New York. Sort of like a French Connection TV show. I'd be all over that. Uh, uh speaking of end, of end of show things. Yes. Maybe you remember, people of a certain age will remember this. And this is a scary show ending. I, I, I remember. Let's see if this place. Wait, wait, what is that? Why do I know that? Play the game. Why do I know that? Damn you, Tim Riley. Damn your black soul. Play one more time. It's the last time we're going to do it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. All right, one more time. No, no, I got nothing. You don't remember? No, I don't. I mean, it's familiar, but It I was could... on the end of several shows. I couldn't tell you what it is. Here's the original one. Let's see if, if this is going to play here. Okay, this is going to... Anyway, it's, it's Screen Gems. Oh, that's right. Okay. Uh, you know what I was trying... And I don't know if I can find it here on the fly, as they say. Let's see if I can find it. You know, to me, it, I, would, I wouldn't say it was scary. Let's see if I can find really quickly. Um, no, I can't find it. You know what I was trying to find right now? Is it Mark 4 or 6 Productions? I think it's Mark 6, six or 7. Was it Mark 7? Maybe that's why I couldn't find it. We're really just like niche casting here, but this <laughs> no, uh, end of end of television show sound effects. But there was this um, there was this thing that that came at the end of a lot of '60s television shows. And wasn't that Rod Serling's production company, Mark Six or Mark Seven, whatever it was? No, that, that's Jack Webb's. Oh, Jack Webb, that's what I'm yeah. thinking of. And so at the end, there would just be this gray like slate wall, and this greasy Clunk. like like dirty hand would come into frame, uh, and then a hammer. And he was sort of pounding the letters into the granite. And he would kind of go gong, gong with the hammer on the whatever you call it. Not a stencil, but whatever that other thing is. And they'd take it away and it would say, Mark 7 Production. Yeah, and I was on Dragnet. I found it kind of cool and creepy when I was a kid. It was just sort of, it was, it was not like anything else on television. So, all right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, you're playing that song and it reminded me of Letters to Cleo. Oh, the uh, Do you remember them? The Donna I love Lewis. Letters to Cleo. I can totally see that. Yeah. So we're what, 
What was that song? Can you guys find that? Because it's been a long time. I remember Letters to Cleo, and I remember an orange little cute chick bopping around, orange-haired little chick, and that was about it. I love Letters to Cleo because she was the voice for... Um, the uh, Dirty she Glass. Did, and also known she was also Josie and Josie and the Pussycat. Oh, I didn't the know remake. that. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll look for it, sir. That just had that hot Rachel Wee Cook chick, though, huh? Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Bye now. <laughs> yeah. Here's Tim Thank Riley. Okay. Yeah. No, America's Most Wanted Notches, it's Thousand the Rest. That is so weird. I had it on for 20 years. I had a dream about John Walsh last night. But that is so wrong. bizarre that you would say he's that. He's been hosting this for 20 years now. God bless him. You know, he's a, you know, I know that a lot of people don't like him for some reason. Um, but, you know, I mean, they, they, you can't. You, uh, there was something that came out a couple years ago about John Walsh about how um, I think he and his wife split up or something or uh, or he was like. I don't know, he was like sticking it to somebody, and they, they, was, they were trying to make a little bit of a scandal about it. And, I mean, leaving aside the whole issue of his personal tragedy with, her, with his kid being kidnapped and presumably abused and killed, although they don't think they ever found the kid's body. Leaving that aside, I mean, that guy, out of just like sheer willpower and just hatred, created a show that is, what, you say a thousand now? Yeah. It's called A Thousand Criminals. I mean, you can't, you know, you, a lot. I don't mean to sound too whatever about it, but I mean, there's a lot of people who go through life and they feel like they haven't made a demonstrable difference. I mean, whatever anybody may think about John Walsh as a person, that is a demonstrable, concrete difference that that guy has made. That's a thousand people who won't be stealing somebody's car anytime soon. So, uh, good for him. Well done, John Walsh. Uh, Taylor Swift has finally had a more traditional high school experience. The singer went to her prom last night. And she invited all her friends to come along. So I've got, you know, all my best friends are coming wearing their prom dresses. And everybody from my label is busting out their old prom stuff, everyone in my band. And, you know, we're giving out tiaras at the door. And so it's just going to be so much fun. I saw an interview with her the other day. I don't mean to make it sound like I'm stalking Taylor Swift again. But I saw an interview with her the other day, and then I read, she was on the cover of Blender. And uh, I read... Uh, I read an interview with her in Blender, and she's one of those sort of young stars that is sort of freaky because she's, like, scarily poised. Like, every time they would ask her a question, there would just be the, the tiniest little pause as you could see the processor in her, like, Taylor Swift Android head kind of going, what is the best answer to this? And then she would spit out some perfectly formulated, absolutely flawless, completely middle-of-the-road, non-threatening response to whatever the question was. Um... So she's, I mean, she's kind of freaky at the same time that she's sort of great. Well, she got to give up to her because she writes her own songs. And we were talking to the Dry County Crooks yesterday about great things that bands put in liner notes. Because the Dry County Crooks have something about, like, you know, like, F off to everybody who misrepresents country music or whatever. Taylor Swift has, because I think she was only 17 or maybe even 16 when that album of hers came out. She has the greatest little liner note. Um... It, it, where she says, you know, thanks to God and whoever and blah, blah, blah. And at the end she says, and to all the boys and girls who laughed, who laughed at me and were mean to me, here are 12 songs all about you. Ha, ha. And I sort of like, yeah, like go Taylor Swift. It was a kind of a cool moment. So here's Tim Riley. Here's a corpse watch. Here's a corpse watch, a double corpse watch, I believe. Is it? Well, I have two stories, but I think they're the same one. Um, I think one's an update. Okay, well, we have at least a single corpse watch then. Here you go. Single corpse watch. I'm digging up phones, I'm digging up phones, zooming things that's better left alone. I'm resurrecting memories of a love that's dead and gone. Yet I'm not sitting alone, digging up phones. So we have three people accused of using a corpse head to smoke pot. 
Of course we do. <laughs> As we often do. Uh, Kingwood teenager story of decapitating a corpse and using the head to smoke marijuana was so outlandish that the first Houston Police Department senior police officer, Jim Atkins, did not believe it. Yet, Kevin Wade Jones Jr., who's only 17... I bet he's spotty. ...appeared almost indifferent as he relayed the bizarre description of his and two friends' activities at a humble area graveyard. I guess humble is the name of this town, <laughs> not a humble graveyard. I doubted it because it's very morbid and I couldn't see anybody doing this, said the policeman. Not until police went to the home of another Kingwood, 17-year-old, Matthew Godden Gonzalez, did the officer believe the tale. He regurgitated in his plate of food when I asked him about it, so I knew there was some truth to the story. So wait, let me understand this. He didn't actually throw up while smoking pot out no. of somebody's decapitated head. Yes. It was only when the cops asked him about it that he found the whole thing rather sickening. Now Jones Gonzalez and the juvenile, whose name has not yet been released, have each been charged with abuse of a corpse, a misdemeanor. Houston police believe the teens disturbed the grave of an 11-year-old boy who died in 1921. Uh, Jones claimed he and his friends used shovels to dig up the body and remove the corpse's head with a garden tool. Jones also reveals that he and the other boys Jeez. took the, uh, the severed head and uh, smoked some pot with it. Now, I don't even understand the logistics of how that would work. Well, this is Texas, so the mind works a bit differently. But, I mean, i got a skull up in the office right now. Uh, I'm picturing the skull. I mean, how would you... I don't even understand. How do you smoke pot? Someone call me right now. And explain the mechanics of how you smoke pot out of a skull. Like, I don't even understand. How would that even work? I say looking around the room, knowing no one has the answer. Richie might know. Wait, hold on. Let's ask. Let's see if Richie has the answer. I think Richie meant, like, the pot. Uh, here. Oh. Richie Bristol, can you please enter the studio? Uh. <laughs> oh, what's up? Hi, Richie. I'll do that. Okay. How are you doing today? Is that your natural speaking voice today? Uh, no. It sounds like his hungover voice. Are you hungover? No. Are you trying to put on sexy talk? No. Are you I... trying to get that girl who needs a date for the listener uh, party to be your date for the listener party? I specifically stated to her that I was not going to hit on her phone, on her, even though I got her phone number. All right. <laughs> um, all right, Richie, uh, I'm not suggesting that you know anything about drugs. But in your, I know that you have uh, friends who know about those things. Mm -hmm. uh, in your estimation, how would you use a skull to smoke pot? Oh, I've seen some. You've seen some what? Skulls. But I mean, a real human skull? Yeah, but I mean, Ooh. the kids use the skull to smoke pot. How would that even work? Do you have any idea? Oh, you could, uh, I don't know, stick a, a tube in a. Stem and in his mouth. You're gonna be more useful than. Oh, that. drill a hole in the top and <laughs> drill a hole in the top and uh, suck skull. <laughs> this has worked out less less splendidly than I thought. In Thanks. what world did you think this was? Thanks, a good Richie. Idea? All right, I appreciate it. Make sure you put your fingers in the nose holes. All right. Meanwhile, back to the program. <laughs> that was. Put your fingers in the nose hole. That was the most useless segment we've ever had. In 10 years, we've never had a bigger waste of time than that last 90 seconds. Let's finish this, and then we'll take a break and reset, shall we? Here's... A Wisconsin woman's accused of keeping a corpse in her bathroom for months with claims she believes God will bring it back to life. Okay. With a prayer. <laughs> Tammy Lewis of uh, Wisconsin uh, belongs to a small religious group and allegedly kept the severely decomposing body of a 90-year-old woman on the toilet seat. <sighs> Lewis goes by the name Sister Mary Benedict. She was arrested along with Ellen Bushy over a case relating to a group that's part of a small church. The Juno County says uh, Lewis wouldn't let them into her house 
when she uh, got there, they eventually uh, got in and were greeted by the overwhelming stench of a rotting corpse. They say they were told by Lewis that she thought life would return to the remains if she prayed hard enough. So far, it didn't work. Uh, two children were also living there. They're now with their foster parents. Those living in the area say the religious sect started over the alleged 1949 appearance of the Virgin Mary. <laughs> okay. There you go. There's your uh, there's your double corpse watch. Uh, if you're on hold, we have somebody who has a sex in the city question for Sarah. Uh, and then somebody who has a has a, an observation about smoking weed out of the skull. I think he may have the, the sort of schematics of how that works. We should probably hear him before we get to the Okay, well, let's do that. Um, all right, so hello. we'll have to continue this on the other side. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Fantastic. I think, see, it's not a skull. They said it was a severed head, right? Well, but it was from 1911, so I would imagine at this point the skull would be all that was left. Oh, see, I was, cause I was thinking if it was just a, a severed head, then you could just, like, you know, stuff the butt in the nostrils and kind of French kiss that thing and go for it. Oh, the worst thing I've ever heard. so terrible. <laughs> but if it's just a skull, though, it seems like... It's not really going to work, right? It's just, a, and you can't, it's not like you can, I mean. Yeah, there's, there's a whole lot of holes in the skull. So, yeah, you'd have to do some, a uh, little bit of Bondo, maybe, in a tube or something. Bondo. Like Who says today's youth aren't industrious? There you go. All right, thank you. Bye. All right, and finally, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's up? Yeah, sir, I got a question for you about the Sex in the City movie. Yes. I, I heard a rumor that uh, Mr. Pig dies. Is that true? Then we should say this isn't a spoiler, but you've heard this rumor. Yeah, there's a there's a big rumor buzz going around the internet about Big dying. I haven't I haven't seen the movie yet, but that's um that's what I've heard. Too. We should say these aren't spoilers because nobody aren't spoilers, nobody's and I, seen I'm it. Not, we don't I'm not know. saying I heard it from anybody who's seen it, but that was that's that's the word of, on that's the street. That's kind of what I'm assuming that happens, especially since they've gone on this big campaign with all the people who are making the movie, saying like, "Why would we kill off Big? People would chase us to you know on the street with pitchforks." So I'm thinking that since they're so actively denying it, that it might happen. Uh, well, there is also a word. There's some buzz on the street about uh, another film coming out later on this year in which it is rumored that uh, a very primary character uh, passes on at the end. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, so, but, but, but again, we don't know any of these things for sure. It's all, it's all speculation, sir. A rumor was if, if she, had in fact, heard that same rumor, or if I was just making stuff up. No, you... yeah, I've totally heard that same one. All right, will we be seeing you on Thursday, sir? Uh, you know, I, mm. but, but I, I can't, unfortunately, but to make up for it, I do have a name suggestion for the next one. That makes up no, for nothing. That makes up for nothing, You're, We sir. need your, your body in the crystal. Sir, you don't, uh, you know, a hamburger next Tuesday does me no good. I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> That's a Popeye reference. Never mind. Why, what is your okay? What is your boggle with Thursday? Uh, I've got a daughter that needs me. How old is she? Uh, Sixteen months. Oh well, that's not really going to work. I was going to say you could put her in a handbag or something, but that's not really going to. That's not going to happen. Uh, are you a single parent, sir? Uh, no, but my wife will be busy with a work function, so she's ruining my fun. Your wife is busy. What kind of a work function is this? Yeah, some dinner crap that I got out of, but then have to stay home and watch. Don't you job. have any like friends or anything that would want to take care of your child so so you can go and experience the night? How much does a babysitter cost? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, is it is your daughter? And I don't have any kids. You you'll have around to like ten bucks an hour. You'll have to indulge me here because I don't have children. Now, is your daughter at the age where you would feel comfortable with a babysitter? Well, we've done it before. All right, How, Sarah, what do you? What, I've got you, so I guess I'll be there. All right, I'm sorry. So basically, I've got no. Excuse. You've got no. You've got no excuse, my friend. There's uh. So how much? So in the past, how much have you paid the babysitter? 
Uh, ten bucks an hour. All right, so it's ten bucks an hour. So the listener party, we're thinking like, you know, right now, you a whole evening's worth of fun, thirty bucks. That is, that is a good point. You can't put a price on entertainment. And sir. seriously, we haven't had one of these in over a year, and who knows when we're going to have the next one? You know. What was the last time you hired a babysitter for? Uh, last Thursday, so that we could attend our homeowners association meeting. Was that a lot You're of fun? Crazy. You're crazy. You're living on the edge. Was that was that a great deal of entertainment? Uh, it's not, not so much. It's necessary. Well, be that as it may, Tim, was, was there was there rock and roll? Uh, was there storm large and what's sure to be a neckline plunging dress? Oh Jesus, no. All right, well, <laughs> well, sir, I think I think a few things have all become uh, clear to us, haven't they, over the course of this call? Yes. Yeah. Okay, what is your name? Ryan. Ryan, will we be seeing you on Thursday? Yes. All right. Thank you. But congratulations. Thank you, Ryan, for coming around. Maybe yep. we're going to have to set up a daycare area for the next one. <laughs> Let's have like a large fenced-off area. All right, Ryan. Thank you so much. for. We'll see you on Thursday, my friend. Not a problem. Best show ever. Thank you. There you go. All right. I never hesitate to browbeat when I feel it's necessary. Yeah. All right. Back after this, more from Tim Riley, your phone calls and so forth. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Stay right there. Everywhere in the Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. By the way, I saw something in the kitchen last night, so I came I uh, came back after Larn and I went to uh, to the Dallas to look at his dog that we ended up not getting, and then I came back to sort of to sort of do some stuff. And I walked into the kitchen, and it was like every radio station in a nutshell. I guess they'd had some sort of sales thing or something. I'm sure they, they, they ordered some pizza, I guess, yesterday Oh, is it when they leave the scraps of pizza for us? Well, there were three pizza boxes in the kitchen. Every single one of them picked clean as though they'd been licked by a thousand wharf rats. Um, but then, what was sitting in a huge container on the table untouched? Anyone? Mayonnaise. Salad. <laughs> salad so they're completely like it was still arranged like it's still had decorations on top of it wasn't touched wasn't even looked at pizza gone gone and I swear to you it was like somebody had taken and just scraped every single crumb out of the box and just, just shaken it into their mouths so uh alright when I came in today it was just a table full of crumbs <laughs> that's really what it is I mean it, it was really it was like somebody else will clean this it was I, I can't be inconvenienced <laughs> but... It was the embodiment of every radio station everywhere. All the greasy food gone. Healthy food sitting there completely unloved. Uh, this email says, uh, Rick, uh, you have listeners coming from all over the western United States. Uh, did, that, did that guy say he won't come from Portland because he doesn't have a babysitter? says, dude, there is lots of room under the Rick Emerson umbrella, but you uh, have to be able to walk in out of the rain. Well, I think he's case. He was going to get a babysitter. Uh, but he says, come to the party and drink. Drink and revel for those who cannot come for a real reason, like they're in Iraq or live in Australia. Uh, signed, Tony in Seattle, who will be there on Thursday. So, yeah, we have um, long-distance regards being given to us uh, from, we have listeners in Afghanistan right now, listeners in Iraq, uh, listeners in Kuwait, Listeners in Australia, we have listeners in New Zealand, all of whom have sort of sent uh, long-distance greetings and wishes of well uh, for the party, which is now just 50, 
Five hours away. Fifty-five hours away. Here's Tim Riley on KCMD Portland. The hottest day of the year so far is going to be Friday. Expect temperatures in the 90s, they tell us. Well, look what Britney Spears is showing off again. Her acting chops. (laughs) She appeared on the CBS television program How I Met Your Mother last night, reprising her character from earlier this year. She played Abby, a receptionist who fell in love with Ted, but ended up sleeping with Barney after Ted rejected her. After last night's episode, a Barney played by Neil Patrick Harris and Abby hooked up again, and they're talking about their mutual dislike for Ted. Is everybody following this? No. I hate Ted more. Are you as turned on as I am? Probably not quite as much. I'm sorry I yelled out Ted. I'm sorry I yelled out Abby. I am Abby. Oh, cool. Her character Abby doesn't realize Barney's wedding proposal was fake. Was fake. I'm in wedding planning mode. Stressville, population me. Okay, big decision. What do you think the cake should be? Budgie the well or cookie puss? Yeah, that was a bit. We were doing a bit. So I'm thinking Labor Day. I was going to say 4th of July, but I didn't want to steal any attention away from America. Barbara Walters' new autobiography is creating a buzz. She was on Larry King last night. I think she's as old as he is. But looks about 30 years younger. She was on Larry King and then she was on Oprah uh, yesterday, I think. Either yesterday or two days ago. Uh, she was on Oprah talking about that senator that she humped back in the 70s. Yeah, that was pretty shocking. It's weird. You don't really think of the senator, or of senator, of uh, Barbara Walters kind of being the other woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because you just think of her as being sort of old and wrinkled and what kind of tree would you be? Uh, but, it, you know, the idea that Barbara Walters is sort of a man stealer is kind of, it's kind of hot. I have to say that it's, uh, it's sort of sexy in a weird way. She says her book's message is one of empowerment. I uh-huh. did not want this book just to be about me. And I didn't want to... And my man stealing. Then I interviewed him. Then I interviewed. I wanted to try to show that we all have difficult lives and complicated lives. And that these are some of the ways that I survived and that maybe they can. Is she having a tough life? Is she doing like a masterpiece theater thing there? Yeah. That was sort of a, Alistair Cook is on vacation. I will be filling in for you today. You'll sell your bones when you die. (laughs) She remembers how she started on the Today Show. They hired me for 13 weeks while they were looking for a star. And I stayed on for 13 years. And it was Hugh Downs who put me on the air. And that was wonderful. I loved Hugh. And I worked with him later for so many years at 2020. When he left, a man named Frank McGee, who was a newsman, came in who had been doing the nightly news. And he hated doing a morning show. And he certainly didn't want some girl. And then I would always ask for muffins, but they would only bring me bagels. And then sometimes they would bring me bagels, and I would want them sliced, but they were all in a hole. Jesus, God. All right, well, whatever. And by the way, back on that uh, How I Met Your Mother thing or whatever that show, is that the show, the Britney show? I guess so. It's on CBS. Don't uh, like it too much. Uh, no, no, no. I'm, it's a fine program, and many, many people watch it. I'm not one of them, but many people do. Uh, so back on that for a second, it, it's still obviously using a laugh track there that's pre-recorded, that is sweetened laughter yeah. that they're using. So as part of my is my Sunday nine-minute doc, you know, it's a documentary full of nine-minute other documentaries. Here's another here's another short nine-minute film that will be part of this feature-length documentary uh, anthology I'm going to do someday. I want to do, I, I want to go back and research who the audience was for some of those early laugh tracks that were just used on everything over and over and over again. You know what I mean? Like, you ever watch MASH, which ran for, like, a billion years, and you can hear some of the same laughs happening every now and again? Like, the laugh track repeats. Like, there's only a finite number of of laughing. And because you'll hear the... (laughs) And there's that one guy that kind of sounds like he's sort of of burping a little bit while he laughs. They usually change it, like, like once every decade. Is that... But I want to know... What is the most frequently used laugh track? Like, the most frequently used set of laughs on sitcoms 
in like let's say the 70s and i want to know from when those you know from where those came who are those people and are they all dead because I think about that. Maybe I'm a little more morbid oh, like than most. like Beyond the Grave? Yeah, well, because I think about that all the time. Like if MASH or something comes on or, or, or a night court or whatever, you watch that show and there's the laugh track and you think to yourself, these people are all dead. I'm listening to the disembodied laughter of 50 people who probably took a dirt nap 25 years ago. So I want to know. Uh, so somebody could be smoking pot out of their skulls. But I, right now. But, I mean, as but, but in terms of the laugh track, like were those... How did they even get those laughs? Are those from some sort of a, uh, a, a a real sitcom taping where they closely mic the audience? Or do they really just bring people in and put them in a studio and say, laugh for me now? These are all the things I wonder about, and there's really no satisfying answer to it. So I have no choice but to go find the answer myself. Well, it's called Sweetening. Uh, the Flintstones and the Jetsons originally aired with laugh tracks, but later aired with the laugh tracks removed. Other cartoons that originally had laugh tracks included the Pink Panther, Scooby-Doo, Josie and the Pussycats, the Banana Splits, and the very first episodes of Rocky. And parts of East Asia laugh tracks are often loud and exaggerated in comedy variety series filmed in front of uh, small audiences. But if you notice, if you watch British comedy shows, the audiences sound smaller than American shows all the time. Right. Well, but did you say that they use laugh tracks in Britain, or they, do they do not? It seems like they wouldn't. The British seem like they'd be above laugh tracks somehow. Yeah, it always sounds like they do it live. The whole idea of the Flintstones using, even when I was a kid, that would weird me out, that I would be watching the Flintstones, and there would be a studio audience laughing, and I just, I used to just sit there and sort of like dwell on it, like way more than a five-year-old should, because it would just freak me it out so badly. Prior to the 2000s, UK sitcoms were taped before live audiences. Yep. All right. So, yeah, here they change them like every ten years or so. So I just so at some point I got to go back and figure out like where the original laughers uh, came from. Here's another one. You know what I want to know? Uh, this is this is really if you're like a like a hip hop fan or like a you know like a like a turntable fan or whatever. Um, there's this sample that gets used in hip hop and in turntable music all the time. All the time. I would wager that it is the most frequently used vocal sample in all of hip hop and electronic music history. And it's the sample of the British guy going. This is a journey into sound, which is so, uh, uh, I mean, it sort of it was great and then became a cliche and it became really played out and now it's great again because it's sort of classic. And my whole thing is, from whence does, where does that sample come from? Like, who is that guy? You hear that sample everywhere in hip-hop. The guy, this is a journey into sound. I want to know. Going, yeah. yeah, that is, I know who that is. The guy going, yeah, it's Fab Five Freddy, by the way. But I want to know who the journey into sound guy is. Who who was he? When did he say that? And for what was that originally recorded? So these are all things that I'll examine someday when I'm independently wealthy and have lots of free time. Here's Tim Riley. Thank you. Here's a chorus of the dead laughing at my every line. Uh, this email says, Rick, with a family, uh, uh, I have a seven-year-old daughter. Uh, because I'm a cheap ass, I'm having a family member babysit for her on Thursday. Plus, with a family member watching my daughter, I don't have to try to act sober when we get home. I can fall, f Mommy's just resting! I can fall flat on my face in the house without any regrets or risk of drunken embarrassment in front of my child. Well done. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, the Speed Racer has crashed and burned. You can thank the Wachowski brothers for that. It cost $150 million to make, and it finished in second place with only $20.2 million, uh, $20 million in ticket sales. Too bad for them. Did you see it? No. No. <laughs> that was just sort of a scornful shake of the head. A fool? Of course not. I was talking to Court and Fatboy about this, that I, 
I mean, we knew that there was no way it was going to beat Iron Man, uh, which uh, I will be seeing tonight, I think. By good, the way. good. Um, but I knew there was no way it was going to be going to beat Iron Man because Iron Man had made a hundred million dollars the previous weekend, and my whole thing is that even if it fought, fell off by fifty percent, that's still fifty million dollars, and there was no way Speed Racer was going to make fifty million. It in fact it barely made twenty million, and that's with some alleged fudging of the numbers uh, by the studio. Here's the thing about Speed Racer: the fatal flaw with the Speed Racer movie is that. A lot of people really know Speed Racer. They know the property. They know the characters. They are familiar with the show. But I don't really know a lot of people who watched the show. I mean, you might have, and I did, I think, for a little bit. I remember it, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, but it's it's one of those things that everybody's. I mean, Sarah knows about Speed Racer, but I would imagine that Sarah hasn't really sat and watched a lot song, of Speed Racer. Yeah. yeah, but you've never like even sat and watched the show. Well, mm-hmm. it used to be on the four o'clock in the afternoon. I think Speed Racer might be one of those things that I have heard that in Japan, which is where the show comes from. I've heard that in Japan, Speed Racer is considered just in a, like a throwaway show. That there was nothing special about it. was wasn't considered to be all that great. It's certainly not a classic. But it came over here, and because it was so different than everything else that aired in America, because it was Japanimation, it became kind of a cult classic here, like way out of proportion to its quality. Well, that's a great dumping ground for junk. People like anything. <laughs> Do you spend that? Are we the garbage scow for the rest of the world's entertainment? Pretty much. I don't know. Send to America. They watch anything. You know, the Speed Racer, fantastic. I love it. Um, the, the, the I would say that another show that falls into the category things that you sort of remember and you kind of go that was really fantastic I can't wait to watch a feature film adaptation of it I think that that Thunderbird show was kind of like that and, and Stingray those shows yeah. all kind of fall into that where you sort of remember them but you watch them now and you kind of go I don't know I they're just bad wooden puppets with strings I uh, I don't really know I think that may explain sort of the lackluster box office performance of Team America. Which is, you know, a good film. Oh, I just watched that last night again. It's a good film, but it's a, the problem with Team America is the thing that it is parodying wasn't ever really watched by that many people in America or remembered. So that's going to be the challenge that Land of the Lost uh, faces when that comes out with Will Ferrell later on this year. Here's Tim Riley. Well, America will soon have its next top model. This is a CNW reality competition. They'll claim this uh, cycle's winner tomorrow night in the season finale. Who knows at this point? So there was a lot of great talent, a lot of great girls that we had this cycle. And, you know, now, you know, we're down to these three girls. It's like you really don't know who's going to win. Nobody, sounds, I'm sorry. I was just going to say I was swallowing some coffee there. It sounds like she's actually getting ready to do That sounds like some sort of a massive breakup line right there. These are all a bunch of great gals. They've all really – that's like as she's getting ready to do the, you know, to, to cut ties with all of them. Dominique says rumors that the cast trashed the apartment they lived in. Just aren't true. We weren't the cleanest, but, you know, I mean, I was pretty clean. But, I mean, not everybody was, like, really, 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 really clean as far as keeping everything tidy. But as far as major damages, like holes or punching walls or anything like that, no. Well, okay. The former sports agent to O.J. Simpson has released a new book entitled, How I Helped O.J. Get Away with Murder. The inside story of violence, loyalty, regret, and remorse. And it, author Mike Gilbert claims the former NFL great confessed to him that he had indeed murdered Nicole and her friend Ron Goldman back in 1994. I knew in my heart from day one that he did it, and all I did was become more and more convinced throughout the trial. You know, the cut on the knuckles, the blood drops, the DNA, their blood in his Bronco, his blood in the foyer of his home, you know, the blood on the socks. Gilbert says he gave Simpson some tips on how to make the infamous bloody glove not fit his hand. Why don't you just not take your arthritis medicine? Why don't you not take aspirin for a week? And he said, why? My hands get all swollen. And I 
to exactly. It's funny, we've all kind of forgotten that OJ trial. Isn't that supposed to be happening sometime? I guess so. I don't know. Somebody's looking for the murderer. <laughs> like we were all, we were kind of talking about it with Roop about a month ago, and now it's all just kind of fallen off of our radar. I don't even know when that's supposed to take place. Sometime this year, I guess. Well, he's uh, cleaning his magnifying glass to look for more clues. Hi, <laughs> ah, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Rick and Sarah, how are you all Hello. doing? Hello. Hey, what's up? Hello. Hey, I had a question. I just want to stand up for a little bit of speed racer. Why it was so big. I mean, the cartoon, not the movie was... Uh, Did you see the you film? Know. God, no. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's car. Everybody I... loves the car. I'm sorry? It's, it's because of the car for Speed Racer. The car had all those cool gadgets. It could do everything. I suppose, except it, 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 you know, there's also something to be said for the fact that the cartoon ran like 22 minutes. You know? <laughs> I think if, if the Wachowski brothers have taken all of this, like, speed, because apparently the movie looks really good. It's like so many films. Like, the movie looks really good, but just there's, like, no story, and it just goes on forever, and you don't really care about it. it. Don't you think, like, a better idea would have been for them to take all of that speed race or the property, the intellectual property, the, the imagery... All of that, and make a really, really great Speed Racer short to put before another movie. Like, what if they had made a 15-minute Speed Racer short that went in front of Iron Man? That would have been really cool, and that would have allowed them to to gauge the reaction to see if it was really even worth making a major motion picture. They would have saved themselves. Jesus, that movie cost like $170 million to make. Down the toilet. So this would have been, I mean, they could have saved $160 million of that. Oh, definitely true, definitely true. Yeah. Um, Iron Man, yeah, Iron Man was totally kick. Yeah, I will I be seeing it. that on uh, uh, tonight, actually. You should. You should not miss out. But i got to get back to work, so thank you very much. Thank you, you my friend. Rock best show ever. Thank you, sir. There you go. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, what's going on, man? What's up? Uh, hip-hop sample, Paid in Full by Eric B. and Rakim. This is a journey into sound. Well, that was the first kind of use of it in, exactly. in mainstream hip-hop. I found hip -hop. out what it was. Okay. Uh, Jeffrey Sumner. Jeffrey Sumner. I believe it's like old school 1950s jazz. Jeffrey Sumner. And, and I want to say, man, that that's uh, like an intro to a song. See, the, the, one of those things, one of the things that the hip hop guys, uh, especially in in Britain and the turntable guys, started to use is they would find these old instructional records. Exactly. Like people, a lot of people don't remember this. There was a time when you would buy electronics, or especially if you would buy like a a, a, a hi-fi system or a a phonograph for your home, and it would actually come with a record. With like instructions. Totally. You would put the record on. You have purchased a you know, Magnavox High Fidelity System, <laughs> the absolute pinnacle of broadcasting clarity. Exactly. Well, the original didn't have that. came out in 87, but in 88, it came out with all the 17-inch, all the remixes. All right. Jeffrey and Sumner. It's good old-school stuff, and... Uh, yeah, you hear it on there. Uh, Eric B. and Rakim paid in full you know, remix. Get, and, you know, here's the thing about Eric B. and Rakim. You listen to that stuff, and it's still good. It still uh, holds up. So. That's true hip-hop, not this crap you're hearing on uh, on the radio and MTV nowadays. Thank you, my friend. I love you. There you go. We love you, too. All right. Here's Tim Riley. A Michigan boy is being hailed as a hero for saving his great-grandmother and three-year-old cousin. 11-year-old Michael Quincy Ramsey was being driven to a doctor's appointment by his great-grandma when she suffered a stroke and passed out behind the wheel. He said he acted when the vehicle started to drift into oncoming traffic. She got on the other side of the road, and the car was coming, and she almost crashed, and I heard her up. I was like, Grandma! And I got on the other and I grabbed the wheel and got on the other side of the road, and she kept going, and I was taking control of the wheel. He had to find a way to slow the car down. And she uh, speed up, so I hurried up and grabbed her foot and put it um, right here on the brake and pushed it down. 
Uh, he's going to be the coolest kid for like a month for that. Was the grandmother passed out or something? He had a stroke. He had a stroke. Yeah. By the way, I'd like to thank uh, the person who just sent me this article from Slate about, I swear to you, I swear to Christ, the name of the article on Slate. Slate, remember when Slate was a respectable magazine run yeah. by Michael Kinsley or whatever that guy's yeah. name was? I swear to you, this is an article by Arthur Delaney in Slate. How to make a bong out of a human skull. Right here. So... Uh, I have a whole, there's a, like a whole thing about it. Um, anyway, so we'll, uh, we'll examine that later on. Here's Tim Riley. When faced with a dangerous situation, a Nashville, Tennessee woman thought she couldn't count on 911 to save her life. Sheila Jones dialed authorities during a domestic dispute with her ex-boyfriend back in February. She told the officer, uh, the officer, quote, uh, give me some, uh, police over here now. He's got a knife on me. She was devastated to find out one of the many operators she spoke to hung up the phone and expressed verbally how she didn't care what happened to the poor woman. I'm scared the only house. Okay, ma'am. I'll, I'll take the call. Get that as soon as possible. Okay. I really just don't give a shit what happens. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Hear oh, that again? you are so yeah. effing fired. <laughs> so, so her boyfriend's holding a knife water. She calls 911. I'm scared the only love I'm out. Hey, ma'am. I'll take the call. Get that as soon as possible. I really just don't give a what happens. Yeah. Jesus. Man. Is that one of those things where they think the microphone is off, do you suppose? They always think the microphone's off. Or does he assume that she'll just be dead in a few moments and it won't really matter what his personal observations were? Wow. That's fantastic. I mean, not for So maybe know, he was right. She her. continued to live. Jesus. So I guess you can't depend on them. Anymore. Wow. That's just a fantastic piece of sound. I can't even imagine how that got, I mean. Would you like to hear it again? Yeah, that guy's so I'm fired. Jesus. How did that even yeah. get released? I mean, normally things like this are sort of handled internally. Uh, and then we never get to hear the sound from it. So you do on this program. Well, so presumably, I mean, she's not dead, right? I mean, I guess. Oh. So she didn't need help after all. So, but so he so he did grudgingly assist her. <laughs> Jesus! Wow, that's a terrible. Person. Is that here in America? That I mean, is that I can't. It doesn't say where it's from. It's, it's from the south. He has like a weird sort of drawl to his voice. Nashville, I can't, Tennessee. Oh well, he he is from Nashville. Mm -hmm. So, damn man. Well, that's unbelievable. All right. Well, f him. Mm -hmm. That must be. You know, I would imagine if you're a nine one one operator, that's probably that's probably illegal too. Uh, you know, to I mean, there probably is some sort of because that's gets a, tired of listening to people's problems after. <laughs> I'm being set on fire. We've all got problems. Um, hey, speaking of which, do you have that Darwin watch? Do we have a Darwin watch over there somewhere? I so. Let me look. This this is like I do have a Darwin. Watch. Speaking speaking of hearing people's problems and fire, um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, here's your Darwin watch. I have a feeling some bad stuff wow. is about to go down. Don't don't don't. I need Japanese people are really killing themselves lately. A uh, Japanese man who has doused himself with kerosene in front of police has died of burns after asking to smoke during interrogation. <laughs> Haifumi Kubata was taken in for questioning to a police station in the central Japanese city of Nagawa. 
Saturday after a woman who was living with him told police he was acting violently. When officers came to his house, he poured kerosene over himself in front of the police. Mr. Kubota refused to change his kerosene-soaked clothes at the police station and asked to smoke during questioning, <laughs> according to the Japanese media. The best part is how the cops never thought twice, but sure, light up. Despite no smoking rules in the building, a police officer gave him a pack of cigarettes and a lighter. <laughs> when Mr. Kubota stood up, his right knee was ablaze, and he quickly uh, turned into a fireball. <laughs> Form of... Fireball. Please decline to give further details. <laughs> what, what else did they say? <laughs> what other details? I guess they'll, they'll have an investigation. It's really hot. <laughs> I can't. I can't imagine what sort of details need to be uh, need to be included that we don't already have there. Oh, that's wonderful. There you go. There's your Darwin watch for uh, Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Radio don't, Program. Don't. There's an investigation of some kind happening there. Oh, by the way, uh, we do want to give uh, um, apologies to the right way. We want to give our sympathies and then um, and then encouragement to what is this guy's name? Uh, I don't see his name. It's one of those things with MySpace where it's you can only see their username. Uh, his username. Well, I shouldn't give it out of the air because <laughs> of the embarrassment. This is a guy who sent me a MySpace message. Um, he he apparently had been under the impression the party was last Thursday. Oh, my God. And, and, <laughs> and so it was, he was, like, driving from Salem. And so I got this MySpace message. He sent it to me at around, oh, I don't know, 6.30 or something at night, but I didn't get it until later in the evening. It was like, hey, so I'm headed into Portland right now for that listener party. I've got my best duds on. Can't wait to see you there. And I got it at, like, 9 o'clock last Thursday. Like, he had, like, way too late to warn him. Oh, no. Because the party is, in fact, this Thursday, uh, happening 54 hours and 45 minutes from now. Less than 55 hours away. Rick Emerson, listener, party 11. Uh, you can find out more at 970.am. Or if you're a glorious bastard, uh, check your email, and you will find a uh, an email telling you the whole th- uh, deal, along with, uh, the, like, the best photo of us that's ever been taken. You can see that at 970.am. So this guy thought the party was last Thursday. Um, I, I found him later, but it was, like, at 11 o'clock at night, and I said... Hey, you know, the party's next Thursday, not tonight. Sorry about that. And he emailed back and he said, I figured that out. I am such a goober. I went to the... Where's the Tiffany Center? Where is that at? I've seen that before. The Tiffany Center. I don't even know where that oh, is. Oh, yeah, it's... Uh, the Max goes by there. It is close to downtown. So he's... Oh, I had to go through downtown. He said, I just figured it out. I am such a goober. I went to the Tiffany Center first, then the Crystal on the second floor, then the, oh, he went to the crystal and there was nothing happening, so he just continued looking. I'm just picturing this sad man walking all around town like Navin Johnson. I went to the Tiffany Center first, then the crystal on the second floor, then the Benson, then the crystal ballroom. Finally, the crystal ballroom again by the 405. Boy, do I feel like a goober. Well, sorry, sir. Uh, oh, you will boy. get a second chance this Thursday when the party is actually happening. So you will have the added benefit of uh, being there on the right night. Uh, let's see. Here's another one. Um... Rick, I've been a full-time listener for about six years now. I have never been to a listener party, but this one seems to be the place to be. It is, sir. Yes. Uh, from what I gather, you and the crew are getting spiffed up. I was wondering if it's implied that the others will class it up a bit, too. I'd love to wear my suit, but don't really want to be the only guy in a suit with a bunch of casually dressed listeners. Uh, any help? And that is from uh, Ryan. Um, so I, I think it's probably going to be a mixed bag as far as the audience goes. Um, yeah, I mean, and plus everyone's... 
people are strange, and people end up wearing whatever it is that they want to anyway. I, and we've already got, I mean... People will probably be there in costumes, you know? You never know. And we were talking about this yesterday, that we don't really push the whole schoolgirl thing anymore, just because you know, it's a thing we did for a while, but we we sort of, you know, whatever. It was we, disrespectful to women. We've sort of knew, well... <laughs> to schoolgirls everywhere. We've sort of moved on from that, but I but we do, but every party, we we do still get women who come as schoolgirls, which is fine. Um, I know we've heard from people who are, you know, who are going to dress up a little bit. We've heard from people who are not, who are just going to come in the street clothes. So there is as far as the audience goes, no dress code. So dress up, dress down, uh, dress uh, however however you feel is appropriate. Doesn't really matter. But it's gonna um, be a night of glamour. It is. It is gonna. It's gonna be a night of glamour, glitz, and bedazzlement. Uh, but you know, the, the folks on the stage are gonna be kind of dressed up. But that's. But that is because it is we who are putting on a show for you. Uh, your only obligation is to be entertained. So dress however you like. There are no obligations on you one way or the other. Here's another one, Rick. Um, let's see. My wife and I love your show. We will have additional letters. We will have additional letters from our kids for you on Thursday. Oh, I remember these. But they, they, at the last listener party, their, their children, who I guess they've got, like, indoctrinated into listening, had written some notes like, Dear Rick Emerson Show, like, my name is Jacob, H5. I love your program. Uh, anyway, he said, um... He said, "He said, our, our, you know, our kids, our kids listen to the show. We can't be there. Blah blah blah. Hope you're doing well. My wife is in love with Sarah, and wants to know how much it's going to cost to bowl with her. I think the bowling slots are taken. You can still show up at Big Al's on Sunday yeah, for the Sleep Country thing there. and watch. Uh, we're, we were on a bowling team the same time she was at the Hollywood Bowl. Uh, anyway, see you on Thursday. That's from Lane. So, all right, here's Tim Riley." Well, an Australian swimmer survived a great white shark attack by poking it in the eyes as it dragged him through the water, badly savaging his leg. Good for you. Jason Cole was swimming off the beach of Australia. He thought it was a dolphin, but then he noticed that, well, dolphins usually don't lounge in, in, in eat your torso. Uh, the shark tore uh, two chunks off his left leg, then ripped off half his cap, leaving him with deep lacerations to his uh, knee and thigh. A local surf lifesaver heard him screaming and raced to his aid. An Australian teenage surfer was killed in a shark attack in April. Sharks are protected in Australia. They can munch on humans all they want, but it's extremely rare. Most like them. Uh, let's see. This is, uh, hello, hi, sir, madam, as the case may be, on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, Rick. Hey. Hey, I have a suggestion for Sarah for your pajamas. Yes. yes. Um, I, back a, a number of years ago when my kids were, were small, um, they had pajamas that had like Batman or Superman or, you know, Spider-Man pajamas, maybe something along that kind of line. Well, I think we're going for embarrassing. I think that's I think that's what well, we're aiming yeah, for. That would be embarrassing. So if Sarah's dressing me and I'm dressing Sarah, I mean, not physically, but if, if we're picking out each other's pajamas for Sunday. Yeah. Uh, well, if only they made a brand of... For Sarah. If only they made pajamas that had Toby Keith's face all over them. Oh, I mean, that really God. would be idea. So, all right. Well, we'll we'll take it under advisement. Well, thank I, you for the suggestion. I'm trying to find something that rings, hits just the right note of yeah. That all was right. my suggestion, Rick. Maybe I liked it. What? She was suggesting it to me. Maybe no, no, I'm gonna I, buy you Spider-Man. Pajamas. I'm just saying. Uh, for me, I'm trying to find something that's just that's flat out hideous. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. It's you. Me. Yes. <laughs> Hey, Rick, I was just wondering, what time does the party start on Thursday? Uh, doors at 7. Everything begins at 8, but my strong suggestion is that you be there early, 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 sir. Oh, 
I got cousins in town. They're in a band. They're playing Thursday night at eight. Well, I'm afraid then you're going to have to. You're the wrong place. I was just going to yeah, say. No band the... really goes on at eight. <laughs> I was, they'll have no audience. <laughs> I was just going to say, Tim really nailed it there. They're, they've chosen the wrong night for their for their performance, sir. And really, let's be honest. Do your cousins live here? No, they don't. How often do you see them? Um, I think I saw them when they were like three years old, maybe, and they just graduated college. Well, so, I mean, really, what could you have to talk about at this point? I mean, let's yeah, be honest. Yeah, it be awkward anyway. Seriously, it's just going to be a whole lot of, so, uh, how's Alabama, or wherever they're from? You're going to be very unhappy after playing to an empty hall. I mean, there's, you, you're going to have no conversation. You'll have nothing in common. One of them will probably, uh, you know, have suffered some sort of infirmity, and then you'll spend the whole evening trying not to look at his bad they eye. They just want you to go because they want some money from you. That's the thing. That I would also note that probably one of them is, uh, you know, knocked up somebody underage, and they're going to need you to alibi for them. It's going to be a whole night of cringing for you well they're actually both blonde and beautiful and very talented and really the idea that you went from cousin to they're both blonde and beautiful is probably more reason for you to stay away from them on thursday that would just be a little fyi from me to you well played well what played. time are they playing eight o'clock yeah they're not playing at eight o'clock that's a lie uh that's what they told me if where where what where venue? what venue um the white eagle huh. where is that is that on it's north like russell Ruffles? down there by the uh, oh no, that's by it's by EcoPDX. I know where that is. Yeah, I know what it is. No, 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 that's not going to be worth it. It's a great place to start. Yeah, you're. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll, I'm sorry. I'll definitely swing by and, and hang out for a while before I have to go do the whole grind of work. I'm, well, I'm just telling you this. I mean, you will uh, if you, uh, you they will have chosen poorly. I'm telling you right now. So great. All right, well, thank you thank for the information. All right, bye, bye. now. Uh, let's see. Um, Rick, um, let's see, I had decided not to attend the listener party. What was scheduling issues and budget issues and such? But you know what? F it. I will be there anyway, says this guy. Which leads to a question I know you've been asked a billion times, but I wasn't paying attention because I didn't think it was going to be relevant to me. How long do you anticipate the party lasting? I need to know if it's worth the expense of booking a hotel room for the night or, or if I can just get away with hanging around the airport for a couple of hours before flying out in the morning. Well, from where is he? Where is he? This guy is in Utah. God bless you, sir. So this is Tom, uh, who is coming up from Utah for the party. All right, so, well, let me, with the knowledge that this guy is coming from Utah, let me read the email again. He says, I, wanted to, I wasn't going to come up with scheduling issues and budget issues and such. He says, but you know what? F it. I will be there anyway, which leads to a question I know you've been asked a billion times. I wasn't paying attention because I didn't think it was going to be relevant. How long do you anticipate the party will last? I need to know if it's worth the expense of booking a hotel room for the night or if I can get away with hanging around the airport for a couple of hours before flying out in the morning. Well, I'm not even really sure how to answer that. I would say don't plan on getting out of the crystal. Uh, I mean, the party doors are at 7, party starts at 8. The, the, you know, Emerson Starship, who and I've, I've seen... I have a sneak uh, preview of, of their set tomorrow. I'm going to go by and see their final rehearsal tomorrow. Uh, but just based on what I know about their set, it's going to be fantastic. So they're going to kind of close everything out at the end of the party. I would not imagine that you're going to get out of there anytime really soon. So depending on when the flight is, I mean, then you're going to be loaded, let's be honest. I mean, you're going to be plastered, so you're not going to want to be sitting around an airport while no, you're not at all. coming down off your hangover. That's going to be a, a singularly unpleasant experience. So, and you don't want to ride the max to the airport. Oh, that's and that's the other thing, dude. I mean, really, let's be honest. If I can just speak openly, as one guy who used to live in Salt Lake to a guy who still lives in Salt Lake, it, you will want to cherish and savor every moment away from that godforsaken place. So, I would strongly suggest come to the party, get a hotel, 
head home sometime the next day. Head home sometime on Friday. Mm-hmm. And really stay longer if you can. I mean, if you can... I mean, There's I, so much fun stuff to do in Portland, especially where the Crystal's located. It's pretty central to a lot of, like, bars and clubs and stuff. Absolutely. And, you know, if, I don't need to make this point again, but I will. And it's not Utah. So, and I can say that because I lived there for, for many years. So, it, it, really, a uh, hotel, stay the night, enjoy, breathe the sweet air of freedom. Now, you know, once you're out from behind the Zion Curtain. So, uh, yeah, stay the night, my friend. Stay a while. Stay forever. Here's Tim Riley. A New York City man is suing JetBlue for more than $2 million because he said the pilot made him give up the seat to a flight attendant and sit on the toilet for more than three hours on the flight from California. Gonka Mutlu of uh, Manhattan's Inwood section, uh, says in court papers the pilot told him to go hang out in the bathroom for about 90 minutes into uh, San Diego uh, because the flight attendant complained that the jump seat she was assigned was uncomfortable. Mootloo was traveling on a bunny pass. Moot who? Moot who? Moot who? <laughs> <laughs> was traveling on a bunny pass, apparently. And uh, let's see. The pilot told him one and a half hours into the flight that he would have to relinquish his seat to the flight attendant. But the pilot said Mootloo uh, would not sit in the jump seat because only JetBlue employees are permitted to sit there. So he expressed reluctance to go sit in the bathroom. The pilot, who was not named, told him he was the pilot, and this was his plane under his command. He should be grateful for being on board. I don't even know what's happening. So did he not have a seat? Apparently not. Why did they let him on the plane? Well, let's see. He was traveling on a buddy pass. That's a standby travel voucher that employees give to friends. Oh, I see. So this is so like a stewardess let him on the plane. It's like a wink nod kind yeah. of a thing. Mm-hmm. All right, but there was nowhere, so the pilot just made him sit on the toilet. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun because those bathroom toilets always smell like days. Well, his big complaint was there was no seatbelt. Uh, sometime later, a male flight attendant knocked on the restroom door and told Mootloo he could return to his original seat. Well, that was nice of him. Well, it is Jet Blue. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey, you. Hey, person, it's Aaron. What? Oh, Aaron Duran. Yeah, hey. I'm sorry, you, you sound... Shouldn't cu- you be busy working or something? <laughs> I was a fool. No, I'm, you know, I get a lunch break. You right. sound like you're in some sort of Hal Holbrook parking garage. Uh, it's because I am. Are you in a parking garage right now? Uh, well, I'm in the basement of our building. Let me ask you this, uh, if I can sort of paraphrase office space. During an actual eight-hour day, how many yeah. minutes of real work would you say you get done? Well, I try to arrive at least 15 minutes late. All right. Good for you. <laughs> and then I set my coffee pot, and I wait for that to start up. And I don't log in until the coffee's ready because I'm completely useless without caffeine in the morning. Do you do that? Can you do that thing at your office where you avoid work by pretending that it's for the benefit of other people? Like, no, 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 don't you worry. You know, I'll get the coffee for you. I'll let you know when it's done. Yeah, I'll go ahead and, uh, I'll go ahead and get the coffee, and then I'll bring it around when it's finished. Which oh, is- yeah, no, I'm, I'll make all the rounds and everything, and I, you know, I'll hand out papers quote, hand out papers, and oh, yeah. Excellent. I figure in a given week, I'd probably get a solid two hours of work done. Good for you. You are an inspiration to us all, my friend. Yes. All right, so we talked to Storm uh, earlier today, and then, of course, the Rick Emerson Listener Party, which is now just 54 and a half hours away uh, from right now featuring the Rick Emerson Roast, you and Scott Daly. Now, are you guys, you guys doing it as like a team? Yeah, yeah, we're going to, yeah, we're going to do it and kind of do the, uh, the uh, you know the Martin and Lewis type thing. Oh, you're gonna tag team Rip, Rick on stage? Well, wouldn't be the first time you got tag team on stage. <clears throat> I don't know what that. I don't know what that means either. I don't know what that. It's that. I see where you were going there, but I feel like you sort of missed the destination with that. Yeah. Um, all right. So, um, so you guys will be uh, you guys will be roasting, and then um, and I said, and, and I was I was saying to Storm earlier. I don't know. I haven't seen any any of the scripts. I don't know what anybody's doing. Uh, so it's, um, uh, I do, I do hear that there are, um, very few punches pulled, uh, throughout the evening. 
Yeah, I was told a couple times to, to behave myself and to to perhaps rein it in a little. Really? To which, I, to which I said no. Because <laughs> there were there were some Joni and Todd were our script supervisors who sort of tried to make sure there was no duplication of you know, jokes or whatever. And so and they did say, and I don't know to whom they were referring. They did say there were some folks that went right up to the line and then sort of pole vaulted directly across the line into the land of too soon, too much, too bad. Yes, I do believe a couple times Todd reading my roast. Um, I might have made the baby Jesus cry just by him reading it. That's the so best. I'm, I'm proud and happy. That's the best part, by the way, is that is that Todd the corpse, who is uh, one of the script supervisors, along with Joni DeRoshi. Todd is, uh, you know, a devoted listener, uh, great, got funny, a copywriter, also a Sunday school teacher, and deeply and devoutly religious. So... Yeah, I kind of hope that our roast makes their way into his Sunday school studies. <laughs> you know, on accident. You know, he's talking about the you know the virginal birth and the blessed mother, and all of a sudden there's unpleasantness that comes right. out. Well, or maybe, you know, maybe he can use you as an object lesson for his students as to how not to behave. Of, of how not to act. Yes. See, children, this is a table full of fallen Catholics. You don't want this to happen to you. Uh, by the way, since we're since we're talking to you and you and Scott Daly, uh, also of FilmFeverRadio.com, we'll be roasting together. I Somebody had asked me this the other day, and I'd forgotten. How many times did Scott Daly vomit at the last listener party? How many times did he dally? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do believe the official count is five times, uh, two or three of which were on people's jackets and shoes. <laughs> and the, the, shoes <laughs> the shoes of a man who eventually drove him home for free. A man who makes his living driving people around, he had to drive Scott for free. Now, I heard that Scott threw up a couple times on the max, though. Oh, there was that too. What? Am I remembering this wrong? Here's how. Well, here's what I remember. I see. I almost threw up on the max. I got lucky enough to make it to a stop, <laughs> and I just projectile vomited into a bush <laughs> and then sat down. <laughs> projectile vomited into a bush is the phrase of the day. Quick, get me a shrubbery. <laughs> Um, so, by the way, the, the good news about vomiting in the Max is really who's going to notice? I mean, oh, no. And we, were, you know, and we were on the Max on the east side. We blended it. What's one more stinking pile on the Max? So, um, so uh, here's what I remember, because you can hold your liquor, but what, um, what I remember is Scott throwing up in a trash can at one point, like a trash can in the venue. We were at Barracuda last time, and actually... As somebody put it, refunding his drink in the corner. So somebody looked over, where's Scott Daly, dude? Like into, into, into like a big round trash can. Then vomiting on somebody's coat at the table. Yeah, vomiting. it was fantastic. I remember hearing Scott Daly. He, he, he leans over the table and just lets out that horrendous. Oh. And then it got really quiet. And then I hear Scott heaving, his head still, you know, kind of leaning against the side of the table. Here I say, Dude, is that your jacket? <laughs> and the guy replies, it was. <laughs> and then I think he threw up on somebody's shoes about ten minutes later. Yeah. And then, to the best of my recollection, uh, he was on the max going somewhere after the party. He and was crashing in my place. <laughs> Lucky you. For which he presented, with which he went to go and vomit many, yeah. many more times. And he apparently threw up twice on the max uh, <laughs> afterwards. So, all in all, a many splendid evening. Yes. Jesus. All right. So Aaron. The crystal ballroom is even farther from the max lines. This is going to be a good time. Oh, there'll be lots of staggering afterward, just like so many yeah. drunken zombies down the streets. Uh, Aaron Duran and Scott Daly uh, roasting at Rick Emerson Listener Party 11 happening uh, this coming Thursday, 55 hours from now uh, at the Crystal Ballroom. All right. Thank you, my friend. We'll see you there. You bet. All right. I regret nothing. There you go. Let's do one more, and then we'll take a little uh, break here. It's Tim Riley. Uh, so, Eric. Uh, a tuxedo-clad man got drunk and took a mower for a ride. Police say a man wearing a tuxedo in western New York was drunk when he took a riding lawnmower out in the early morning hours. 
Uh, Joseph Garassi told reporters the, he got a report of an intoxicated man at his home around 1 o'clock. When he arrived, the man was spotted riding away in his mower. Deputies who stopped the Irving resident charged him with felony driving while intoxicated, aggravated, and license operation. Uh, the charge is a felony because the man had a previous DWI conviction. All right. Uh, let us take a break here. Um, I, I'm still kind of assembling this top five. So I was trying to retrofit a, a top five around the Donna Lewis song, I Love You Always Forever. Uh, so I'm trying to get that done uh, so we can roll that out later on in this hour. We'll see how well that works. Uh, coming up later on, more about Rick Emerson, Listener Party 11. Oh, and i got to see how fat I've become. Uh, maybe we'll do that when we get back. Oh, yeah, I wanted to do it, too. Right. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. I have this pen so that I love. I'm constantly throwing around and flipping it and like clicking it. You knew it would lead to trouble. You know it would all end in tears, says Eddie, the shipboard computer. Uh, so I have the Uniball Signo Micro 207, which I quite like. It's not quite as good as that other pen that I was using last week, but it's it's okay. But the thing about this pen is, it's got a razor sharp tip. I mean, it's got an uh, an ultra fine because I it, my the whole thing about me and pens is they got to be it's got to have a really fine point on it. Uh, so it, it has means a, it's like a little dart that writes. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a tiny little razor filled with ink. Um, and so just now we were assembling the uh, you know the, the, the top five. Um, and so I'm writing things down really quickly. By the way, here's the top five that we're going to be doing. Uh, top five songs that make us think of unicorns and rainbows. So that'll be the top five that we get to here in just a skosh. Top five songs that make us think of unicorns and rainbows. Um, so as I'm jotting down notes to myself during the break, and I pick up my pen... And, you know, it's got the, you know, the clicky end. And I pick it up, and I'm at her like, i got to get these done, stat! I pick up the pen, and I go, wham, down with my thumb. I think it's the clicky end, but no, oh, it's the razor-sharp, ink-filled, end. stabby end. But, of course, I'm jamming my big fleshy thumb down on it like full force because I think it's the dull, clicky end. And so now I've just filled my thumb with ink. All right, well, and there you go. Blood. That's, <laughs> and pain. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. So coming up, uh, we will do the um, uh, uh, we will do the the uh, top five songs that make us think of unicorns and rainbows. Uh, later on, I mm. think we're going to talk. Yes, do we oh, have breaking news? No, it's just missing one. I thought should be on here. What is? Oh, uh, all right. You turn it for mics for a second. Uh, we oh. have to. All right. Really, you think? Yeah. Really. Okay. I can see that. Uh, well, that then, is, happy, that is very happy. All right, no, that's a great suggestion. So uh, we could put that there instead of. Well, we could make that like a secondary honorable mention. I can try to we find that over seven. here. All right, uh, I can find it. All right, I hope that's not too many. No, no, no. I think that's fine. So the top Never seven. 
five songs that make us think of unicorns and rainbows. We can also, use it some other time. I think at some point uh, today we're going to be talking to that Bobby girl who wants to find a date uh, for the listener party. The listener party, which is now 54 hours away. We are now 54 hours away from Rick Emerson party, uh, listener party 11, which is happening uh, Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m. at the Crystal Ballroom, featuring the world premiere of a short film starring Tim Riley, the Rick Emerson roast with Roastmaster Carl Click and a whole litany of roasters. Uh, fantastic introduction video, uh, which is... Uh, I, and I know that we say this every time, but I can tell you, the, the intro video, the, the video that kicks off the whole event... Um, it's just, it's fantastic. I mean, it's the best one we've ever done. We it, should just play it over and over again and not show us. Loop, loop it for two hours. We don't even need to be there. It's brilliant. Um, and music from Nickel Arcade, music from Emerson Starship, uh, the, the, the whole passel of activities, and, of course, uh, the destruction and terrible demise of your livers. So that's all coming up. This, however, at the Ministry of Truth is your personal savior, Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Honda's new hydrogen-powered vehicle, set for releasing within a few months, radically reduces the size of its fuel cell and motor, leaving the same interior space as a regular car. Now, that's a vast improvement from the company's first model introduced a decade ago. That fuel cell was so bulky that the car could barely fit one person. Well, now this new car, which is called the FCX Clarity, reaches maximum speeds of 99 miles an hour and comfortably sits four people. So that works out much better than, well, the last one. Uh, a shop assistant was almost crushed by a lump of frozen urine that fell 33,000 feet from a plane and landed on her feet. <laughs> crushed by a lump of frozen urine. Uh, Joanne Bogus was walking home from work when a lump of frozen toilet waste fell from the sky. A shocked 25-year-old said it was unbelievable. If it had hit me in the head, it would have killed me. Oh, Do we like have in... no additional information on from where it well it came out of a plane, right? It came like, out of a plane, like they always do. It's just like in Miss Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Well, that's and you know we uh, this is another one of those stories that occurs about every ninety days mm-hmm. uh, where somebody's walking along. And here's the other thing: when I think about all of that blue toilet ice falling out of planes. By the way, we I remember uh, some time back reading a story about a farmer. It's always a farmer in these stories, just like how the aliens always come down and go boop 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 in front of some drunken hillbilly. It's always a farmer in these stories where he came along a piece of, like, green ice in the field and decided to lick it before noticing that it had a strong urine-like flavor to it. Mm. So I will take terrible ways to die for, like, 9 million points there. All right. Well, there are a lot of uh, wildfires going on in Florida right now. Apparently, somebody wants to burn the state of Florida down. Somebody's that way. Somebody's trying to send a message, Tim. Well, first, they thought that the cops thought they were chasing this uh, arsonist uh, through the woods in Melbourne, Florida. They thought he had a container of gas and was going to set more fires. So they call out all the police. There are hundreds of them running through the woods trying to catch this guy. Well, apparently he just left the store and it was a container of orange juice. <laughs> Meanwhile, apparently experts say the wildfire arsonist in Florida is likely a single man with low self-esteem. They're looking for a man with low self-esteem in Florida. They may have a hard time finding him. <laughs> Done and done. I think they could probably close that just by walking out the front door of the precinct. Sometimes they're down on their luck, and sometimes they want to do it. Just for some sixth cent uh, to it. They just go out there for some sort of kick. Uh, some twisted some twisted uh, thing, they say. The uh, FBI says 80% of arsonists are single men with low self-esteem, and they're usually 25 years old or younger. Uh, well, let's see. We've got this. Rick, uh, let's see. About uh, the listener party, given that Thursday is going to be a really warm day, the dress of the ladies could prove to be fantastic, he says. 
Sundresses and other similar garb could come out of the closet for the first time this year. It really does give no one an excuse not to attend. Uh, excellent observation, sir. All right, uh, let's see. We've got this. Uh, Rick, you keep saying it's listening to Party 11. I've been racking my brain, running through the list of all the parties I can remember. What were the previous ten? Well, this is the 11th one. It's the 11th one because we keep saying it's the 11th one. But I So there was the first one in the center. There was the second one. Which was the Nerds in Paradise. The first one was Le Center. I think the first, like, three were in Le Center, weren't they? I only remember going there once. <laughs> Are you kidding me? The only, I, I remember mean, going twice. I can, I can understand maybe if you, if you were off by some tiny amount. Maybe I don't want to remember. I only remember going there once. Um, Le Center. Le Center. Le Center. <laughs> Jeez, we are all... Hi, we're retarded. I only I only remember one of those. Yeah. All right. I barely knew her. So, um, uh, but I take your word for it that we were there more than once. Well, don't take don't don't take my word for it, Tim. Take the word of All right. Well, uh, okay. So the first one was the one at the center where uh, the Tim Riley Factor first performed. We played that awful version of Inagata Devita. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Okay, so you remember that. So that's the one you remember. The second the second listener party... No, I don't think the first one had a name. The first one was nameless. The second one was Nerds in Paradise. Yes, the first one was just Rick Emerson listener party and puppet show. That was that was the first one. There was no the name. The third one was the horrible one with the fans. Remember how it was like so sweltering let's, hot? Let's be clear when we say with the fans. We're no. talking about the electronic fans. No, the electronic fans. How there was no air conditioning and there were like three huge fans that everyone was like. I don't remember around. that. Oh, that was Billy Reed. I, I remember. No, there's a really no, great picture of Tim Bill, and I. That wasn't Billy, Billy that, Reed. Billy Reed's was horrible. That Billy was Reed Billy wasn't. Reed. And there was a great picture of you and I because I was wearing that black checkered dress and the red scarf. I was in the black checkered dress? <laughs> no, I was. That was later. You were in a. You were like wearing a white shirt. No, I was wearing a Hawaiian you, shirt. You were wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, that shouldn't really we be the people who remember well, this sort was, of a it thing? It was a million degrees there. I remember Hog Whitman performed. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hog Whitman performed in the center. No, 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 no. He performed at Billy Reed's. I... That the one that, oh, that's when the Dry County Crooks Dry County there. Crooks performed at Billy Reed's. there. The Dry County Crooks performed. <laughs> damn, we're retarded. So, all right, hold on. So, uh, let's see. Uh, so the first one is just Rick Emerson, Listener Party 1 in the center. Second one. Rick Emerson. Uh, what was the one when everyone was uh, throwing up in buckets at Food and Spaghetti? <laughs> that could, oh, that, that was at Billy Reed's. That too. was at Billy Reed's. But I think did there we were have... two at Billy Reed's. There's White Trash Barbecue. Barbecue, and That's... then there was, and then there's the one before it where we had all the 1080 girls. Remember, all of them are, are drunk and like taking their tops off. Yes, that I do. Was, oh, yes. So that was listener party three. Okay, we have to oh, hold on. We have to. We're just jumping around here now. I can't. Right, you got to take a breath. All right. The first one was in. The center. I'm that glad was. We have another hour to go. That was just because we're never because we're not getting any. We gotta weigh ourselves after that. And then we have to weigh ourselves. We have the top five coming up. Um, okay. So first one was just in listener party one, the center, and there was no name there. It was just the first listener party. That was distinguished by the Inagata de Vida performance. Inagata de Vida. Right. And the money. Um, oh, there was a blowy money booth. <laughs> yeah. That's right. The, was the mailman Chris in there? Or something? I I don't remember. The casino provided one of those big money box things that you got inside and like waggled around like a spastic. I don't think that was the same casino. Well, the casinos all sort of changed names, so I will. I I don't even really know this. Okay, the second one was at that same venue, and that was the one we called Nerds in Paradise, and I do believe that was a costume event. Because that was the one where... People were waiting outside for two hours. No, that was... a long line. No, that was... 
Well, no, we're getting to that. People one. were dressed up with tables with things on them. <laughs> that was the that was the the third one. The second one was where the 1080 girls came as like nuns, like that girl Dina came as a hot nun. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the second one. So I will say same venue. The, the funny thing is, this is important to no one except that one guy. I uh, know, so let's let's power through that. Oh, I'm just saying. Uh, third, the third party was. Was that also, was that the terrible one in the center? No, no, no. That third party was the, one, the hot one at Billy Reed. The hot one at Billy Reed. That was Billy Reed's where it was like a thousand degrees inside. <laughs> I, all I remember that is is that they drank, the audience drank so much beer that they ran out of glasses. Yeah. And I remember seeing, what's his name, the manager of Billy Reed's, uh, which doesn't exist anymore, but the, the manager of Billy Reed's serving people glasses of beer but in pitchers. I remember that. So too. you would see guys with pitchers going, oh, it's the light, it's the sweet nectar of salvation. You, you know the easy way to settle this? No. The listener parties are listed on your website. Are they? Is yes, there? Yes. Is that if it's, I go it's to... Under, it's under parties. <laughs> <laughs> under parties. Of course it is. Why not? Um, They're all listed there. There we go. I just They're remember, in reverse order, though. I just remember, though, at Billy Reed's, it being, it was like that scene in Ron Burgundy where he's going to, it's so damn hot. Oh, milk was a bad choice. Like that. I mean, I was happy to be standing around people smoking cigarettes outside. <laughs> okay, so the third one was the hot one at Billy Reed's. Billy Reed's hot. Uh, the fourth was Halloween Hangover. That was the one that we do not speak about. Okay, the fourth one, Halloween Hangover, that was the party that can never be discussed because it was... That was the one that actually, that almost made us never do another party again. Oh, it was actually yeah, so can, bad. I, I see the pictures. I remember, go, I'm not even looking at the pictures because I don't want to remember anything about that party. Um, that was the one where he, we had a long discussion with our... We had the greatest costumes, though. We did have great costumes. I remember, that was where I went as, as Andrew WK. And I went as Jem. You went as Jem. Tim went as uh, a guy regretting that he was there. Uh, we all we all went as people uh, the, the, the pondering uh, why we ever agreed to it. So that was where we had the, uh, the long discussion the next day with our management at the time, saying, like, we will never do that again. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Lister fifth... Party 5 is missing. So what was... Yeah, Lister Party 5 isn't that. on here. What was it? I don't even know. There's got to be a reason that it's missing. Was there a Listener Party 5? Hmm. So it goes... Did we, first did we ever, skip a number of mistake? Nerds in Paradise. Uh, the Billy Reed's Hot one. The Halloween Hangover one, which sucked. And then Listener Party 5, and I don't remember what that was. It doesn't even say what five is. Maybe All we right. accidentally skipped the number. We're so, just realizing it now. Six is the white trash barbecue at Billy Reed's. That's where we had the thing about the, the spaghetti, the spaghetti eating, eating contest. And Chris, at one mail, Chris threw up and didn't. Doesn't he have like false teeth at some point? Yeah, and his and teeth he, fell he out. Threw up, he, threw up and his, he threw up and he projectile vomited his teeth across the table. I, and then it started like Stand By Me style, like a huge chain reaction. A vomit. That's what I. By the way, that will not be occurring at this listener party. We've we've refined ourselves considerably since then. But I remember that he, like, yeah, he started to hurl and his teeth, his teeth came out. And then I, whoever was on either side of him, they kind of, you know, like you could. There's no mistaking that sound of like. Argh! And then suddenly it was just yeah, it was all over at that point. All right. Uh, so that was the White Trash Barbecue. S- uh, seven was Bloodbath and Beyond, with the Dry County Crooks and Storm Large. Yeah. Eight was here is the money that I that owe you. That was my going away party too. Eight was the here's the money that, that at was the Viper room. Sarah at the Viper room. Sarah's last night, and that was the where we did the live broadcast. And then the next one was uh, kissing my ass at Sabala's. That was our when we came back here. That was our 2006 comeback party. Then last year was um, em- uh, Emerson History X at yeah. Barracuda. How come that one's not up there? 
Uh, I, because that's probably on the station website. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that, that that's probably at 970.am, where you can see the greatest photo uh, of us ever taken, by the way. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi. So there was a Cinco de Drinco. Cinco de Drinco. Well, there was Cinco de Drinco, but I don't think that was a listener party. That I think was that like was a, a miniature. Party. That was a sort of one-off. That was a Cinco de Mayo party. Right, but was it a listener party too? Well, it was sort of a gathering. I it kind of was. It was a gathering where listeners came out and we had the whole thing. But I don't think it was a because it was in kind of a smaller place, wasn't it? It was in like kind of a right. small right. venue. It was, it was like a more in Walton venue. or something. Or uh, yeah, there was Cinco de Drinco, and then there was some other one-off that was like that. It wasn't Cinco de Drinco. It was like um, okay. So there was some other some other sort of like holiday that we did, like a St. Patrick's party or something. But Cinco de Drinco. It might have been right around then. I think there was one right after Cinco de Drinco. You remember who did the Cinco de Drinco? That was what's his name? That was the bling master. That was Brian Kipe. Brian Kipe. All right. <laughs> what, what is your name? I'm Jennifer. Jennifer, will you be there on Thursday? I'm working on it. I'm working you, on it. Working. What is there to work on? Uh, I'm a single mom. I've got a kid. So I'm trying to get some care and how old I'm is, working on it. How old is the kid? He's three. He's three. Well, He's got grandparents in town. I think it's going to work, but uh, I don't have anyone to go with. So. Right. Uh, you know, you have, uh, you have a family of Rick Emerson listeners to go with, Jennifer. Oh, of course. All right. Well, yes, let us, well we, hope, we hope to see you there. Let us know how it works out. Okay. Fair. All right. Thank yeah. you, Jennifer. Bye. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Okay. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. What's going on, Rick? What's up? Hey, this is Jeff. Hey, it was uh, super not to play the Bloodbath and Beyond. Super not played at Bloodbath and Beyond. Then when did Storm and the Dry County Crooks play? I don't remember, but I remember Bloodbath and Beyond distinctly because I won one of your guys' contests. What, what was the contest you won? It was uh, Air Guitar God. I remember that. Okay. That was fantastic. Excellent. All right. Thank, thank you. I started chanting something, but I can't repeat it over the was, uh Was was Bloodbath and Beyond where we had the, the, the pea soup eating contest? That's correct. Oh, uh, yeah. I was hoping for a hurling there, and it never happened. My buddy Greg's still mad at you, too. He wants to redo that contest because you never let him in. <laughs> Is that true? Well, yes. what a bastard I am. And you promised him. <laughs> All right. Well, we see you on Thursday, sir. Uh, absolutely. Excellent. All right. We'll see you there, brother. Thank you. Take care. All right. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show on KCMD Portland. Hello, Rick. What's up? Hey, um, for some reason, the, uh, the name... Uh, what happened to my pants? What Did happened you... to my pants? Oh, that's the, that's the fifth one. That is the ding, one. Ding, ding, winner. <laughs> that is the one where. But it was a great party with a bad logo. That's the thing. Yeah. That was the clip art like surfer dude. Terrible logo, but a great oh. party because that. In fact, at the time we said that that was the high watermark. At the time, that was the best party we'd ever had. Uh, largely where because was that? Was that was Barracuda? at Barracuda and uh, the Dry County Crooks played, and then we closed it with Storm and the Balls. Uh, that was uh, and that was at the time. The best one we'd ever had. So, all right, excellent. Thank you, sir. No problem, brother. All right, we'll see yeah. you on Thursday. Thank you, my friend. All right. Okay. So right, I know sir. I know you keep trying to put it off, but I totally think that we should do the the um, top five. No, the or the, the weigh-in. Oh God, I don't even want to know. Because I feel a little good about myself, so I want to see. All right, fine. See how you're doing? I fine. want you to make me feel a little better about myself. All right. Well, so you should go first. Where is the scale at? It's right. All right. Do I need the Do I need weigh-in music? All right. Hold on. Let me Let me get me some. Then uh, Tim Riley will return at the uh, at the bottom of the hour with more news. We'll have the top five coming up. Uh, let's see here. Let me uh, let me find some music here to play for the weigh-in. All right, let's see. And so I do not have. Let's see. Um, I don't have my fat count from the last time we did this, but I do remember my weight from the last time we did it. Yeah, I don't know what I did with mine either, right. but I do remember my weight right. specifically. And uh, so, are you right now? Uh, 
Are you wagering right now that you have uh, that you have stayed the same, or that you've gained, or that you've lost? I think I've lost weight. All right. I think I'm going to say that I weigh four pounds less than four I did. Four pounds less, and obviously yes. we won't reveal the number, but you have the number from last time. Yes. Okay. Uh, would you like now? I weighed. Do you, oh. remember, do you remember what I weighed last time? Yeah. One. You can say it. I'm. 188. I have no shame. Uh, was it 188? Yes, it was 188, Sarah. Thanks so much. I think Are you I sure probably it was 185. I think it might have been 188. Okay. Uh, because I think it was a, I think it was 185 was my guess, and it turned out that I was actually at 188. Okay. Because I, you know. Yeah, because it was like 187.8 or something. Yeah. All right. All right. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to? No, I'll go ahead and weigh myself. Okay. All right. All right. Go ahead and weighing myself. Dude. I'm not taking off my socks. That's what you did last Oh, time. for the fat. Yeah. All right. These are new socks, by the way, but I have been sweating in here all day, so did I apologize. Did shower? I did, but, I'm just, but it's hot in here, and I've been it sweating. It is really hot in here. All right. Okay. All right. Oh, am I writing? Yeah. All right. Oh, this is stabby. Yeah. All right. You, sir, <laughs> that. Oh, it's still set for me. All right. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Okay. Oops. It's saying I weigh two pounds. Wait, hold on a second. Let's try this again. What is it? Like BMI and what was the other thing? Oh, hold on. I don't know why this is not the, the great way it isn't really working. Hold on a second. All right, let's try this again. Hey, I've lost weight. Look at that. 130, 183. 130. 183. Uh, yep, exactly. 183. 183. Let's see if it does the body fat here. No, uh, it may not. Hold on. Let me try this one more time and then we'll move on. Okay. All we really need is the. Well, see, so you lost what? Five pounds. I lost weight. That's all that counts. That's ridiculous. All right. Well, we'll just skip it. We'll go to the weight. Okay. All right. Are you taking off your socks? Yeah. All right. I'm going to put my socks back on. Oh, God, what if you lost weight and I didn't? Well, that'd be nice. It'd give me something feeble to cling to. Oh, do I need to program my... No, uh, it's... It, no, it, we'll just do the weight for okay. now. Calculating? Oh, it's still... Wait, is it? I can't see. Oh. Holy God. All right. I have got your weight here. Let me write it down. All right. Hold on. This is, uh, that's your weight. Yeah. So where are you? Static? Huh? Where? So where are you? Gained, lost? I lost eight pounds. You lost eight pounds? <laughs> yeah. Damn it. All right. Fine. Fine. Whatever. Are you kidding me? So there you go. Congratulations. You Thank lost you. eight pounds. All right. So the dress is going to look even more fantastic. All right. Let's take a break here. Uh, we'll come back around the corner. We'll do the top five. Uh, I think we're going to talk to that Bobby girl who's trying to find a date uh, for the listener party. Uh, more from Tim Riley, etc. Like us at 3 Michael Mara Show at 7. Uh, we are now, let's see, 1, 2, 3. We are now 55 hours away. Yes? No. 54. We are now 54 hours away from Rick Emerson, listener party 11. Stay there. We continue after this. Don't go anywhere. 
Bobby girl, who uh, she sent us an email last week saying that she wanted. Let me see if I. I don't know if I have the email in front of me. Hold on. Let's see if I have it here. Uh, she wanted us to find her a date for the party. Here we go. Says, um, okay, uh, Rick, Sarah, Tim, I need you to help me get a date for the listener party. It's not that I'm creepy or can't meet people. It's just that I want to go with someone who digs the show as much as I do. Uh, I have always made it to all the past listener parties. This is the first time I'm single. I just started a new job and haven't been able to convert any of the single guys to listeners yet. And it seems like all the other guys I know that listen are attached at the moment. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm a 25-year-old girl who's never seen Star Wars because my dad is a huge Trekkie. Um, I really want to go with someone who's excited and knows the show, who wouldn't mind if I dress like a schoolgirl, scream until I'm hoarse, and drink a lot of beer. Uh, and then apparently she has a, um, a space page signed, uh, Can You Help a Girl Out? All right, so uh, we'll talk to her in just one moment, then we'll get to the top five, top five songs that make us think of unicorns and rainbows, then Tim Riley coming back at the bottom of the hour. It's all very exciting. Is this, um, Richie, is this her? All right, uh, let's now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show, Bobby. Hi, Bobby, how are you doing? Hello. How are you? I'm good. All right. So, uh, so have you been? Was have you have you been with somebody? This is the first listener party for which you've been single. Yes, I uh, just got out of an eight-year relationship, so this is wow. the first one I've been single. All right. So that now, how, if I may ask, uh, how long have you been single? About six months. About six months. Okay. So you're now, well on your way. Yeah. So this is. It. So have you? Um, I mean, have you have you dated since then, or have you? Yeah, a little bit, not a lot, but just, you know. But you're getting, getting there. But you're sort of you're sort of getting to the point where you're ready to kind of inject yourself back into the dating scene. Exactly. All right. Um, all right. So, uh, what celebrity would you say you most closely resemble? This is for the benefit of people who maybe are not able to get to the computer right now. Ah, uh, that's a tough one. I when I was in high school, I used to have everyone tell me I look like Liv Tyler, but I don't think that anymore. Um, all right. So, so that was. Uh, and so you're 25. So you would say that yeah. uh, in recent years, uh, people told you you looked like Liv Tyler. All right, and so you've been a so you've been a listener for a long time. Yeah, um, yeah. Gosh, a couple of stations ago, a couple of job losses ago. I used to be a delivery driver. I've actually been in the studio. I brought you guys lunch from a restaurant I worked at at one point. Was this back when we were at Max? Yes. And you were with your and you you went with your boyfriend, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you were with your boyfriend at the time. Okay, so I sort of okay, I remember, okay, I do sort of remember this, but I, and you'll forgive me, but it's been several years ago, so I'm not Definitely. I want well, I'm also the girl who uh won the trip of tour of Paranormal Portland with Clyde Lewis. How did you win that? I wrote Ground Zero on my butt and showed the audience at a listener party. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. So you're exactly the type of girl that the audience really goes for. Uh, all right. I'm so bad at this. I never know what to ask. Uh, I never know kind of what. I never never know sort of what a guy. Rick wants to know kind if you're looking for your soulmate or if you're looking to get laid. There you go. Let me... some kind of I don't think I'm looking for a soulmate. How's that? Ah, that I like what I'm hearing. Excellent. Uh, all right. Uh, off the top of your head, uh, please now uh, to give me uh, the last two movies you saw in the theater. Last two movies you saw in theater. Iron Man. And before that, oh, God, what was it? Um, I 
can't remember now. All right, but Iron Man. So you recently yes. saw Iron Man. All right. You said that you are. So you've never seen Star Wars because no. because you are a huge Trekkie, or your dad was a Trekkie. My dad is a giant Trek, like giant Trekkie fan. But there's pictures of me at two with Spock ears on oh, at like a convention. Um, but I tried to watch it. Uh, the Ewok one is that the Jet Return of the Jedi? That is uh, Return of the Jedi. Okay. I tried to watch it when I was, uh, I think, third or fourth grade and was grounded for six weeks. No TV, no friends, no after-school activities, nada. Because your dad it. caught you watching Star Wars? Yes. Yeah, and he because it's blasphemous. Right, so. and by, by the way, uh, if you do have, would you mind taking some questions from uh, from people, guys, whoever? Sure. All right, so it's 503-733-2970. So there's no no promises made here. But what we'll do is we'll we'll take uh, some questions. We'll talk to you a little bit, and then Sarah, are you looking at her um, space page? I can't find any pictures of your uh, of like you. Though. There are no pictures of your face. It's the strangest thing. If you click on the picture that's the Emerson's Eleven, it'll take you to the photo album. There should be a few of them. All right. Okay, I see you from the zombie prom. Yes, that what? was very fun this weekend. By the way. Oh, you're adorable. Let me see the. But it's not getting bigger. All right. Hold on a second. Wait, did the did the zombie prom already happen? Yeah, it was on Saturday. You know, can I just tell you this? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Really quickly about that zombie prom. You'll find the date, sweetie. That that um. Oh hello. Rick Emerson likes what Rick Emerson sees. That is. All right. I don't want to sound creepy. You do sound creepy. I don't want to. No, I'm just saying that's a really. Look at Richie peering through the window. Wow, that is a gorgeous picture, and it's made all the hotter by the fact that you're undead. I mean, really, and this audience knows what I mean when I say that. That zombie prom is a great idea. Can I tell you that I that idea is great, but it kind of it frustrates me because Joni DeRoshi and I had floated the idea of for this show's Halloween party to be a zombie prom, and then quite by coincidence, we found out that somebody was already doing one. All right, uh, so we're talking to Bobby, who. Um, I'm trying to think of who she most closely resembles, and it seems like there's somebody just you know out of reach. You know who she kind of looks like in that picture is the girl from the the daughter from the Gilmore Girls. <gasps> That's it. That's it. Alexis Bledel. Mm-hmm. You uh, and also from Sin City, where she played a hooker. Oh uh, yeah. A so it, that is so. Mouth. Bu- <laughs> a hooker who had to be taught her place. <laughs> I can buy that. Okay. Um, all right. So yeah, I would say that you are. Uh, and I do mean this sincerely. I would say that you are an even hotter Alexis Bledel from oh, the Gilmore Girls. No, no, no. I would say that maybe it's the zombie makeup talking, but I don't think so. Um, all right. Well, let's do a couple of these calls here. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Is this me? Yes, it is, sir. Hello. Hello. This is Tillman. Hi. Hey, I heard uh, the email uh, last week, and I, I sent you an email. I wanted to, you to hook me up with her if that was possible. Well, it's not my place to do the hooking up, sir. It is only <laughs> it is only my place to offer information to the people, and then Bobby, as a free-thinking and liberated woman of the 21st century, will choose for herself. Uh, okay. do, you, do you have a question for her? Uh, yes. Who was the better starship captain? What was that? Can you guys hear each other? I can't really hear him very well. Uh, if you can speak up, sir, you're all kind of sharing a phone line. His question was, who is the better starship captain? I'm assuming you're meaning either Kirk or Picard? Yeah, all right, from Bob. the Geek Like Me speech, or the, the what a geek believes. Bobby, where do you come down to the big Kirk-Picard question? You know, I have a special place for Picard in my heart, but Kirk is the original and my favorite. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, what, has she fallen uh, I- off? I don't agree. All right. Well, that's well, that's on you, sir. All right. Thank you, my friend. Well, uh, what we'll probably do at the end of this whole thing is we'll probably post her MySpace link, uh, and then you know you can contact her, and if something happens, then it's uh, then it is between y'all. All right. I'll see you on Thursday. Thank you, sir. All uh, right. There you go. Uh, would you agree with my assessment that while Picard is probably the better captain, that Kirk is the cooler captain? Exactly. 
Exactly. All right, that's what I'm saying. And you kind of have to go with the cool factor. There you go. Uh, I uh, just have a weakness for Picard. Well, well, Picard is—he's got that cool, like, stylish thing. Uh, and he has the greatest voice ever. And he says, ever. "Earl Grey, black hot." And I was watching an episode of Family Guy uh, the, the other night, and he was the guest voice on it. Really? Oh, and it's—he's just so yeah. He's so indistinguishable from anybody, or distinguishable from anybody. And he was an I Claudius. Mm-hmm. Uh, hello, who is this? Hi, it's Tyler. Hi, Tyler. How are you doing? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm good. Do you have a question uh, for Bobby? I do. Bobby, I was wondering. Well, then, congratulations, then. It's been dumped. Well done. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much. Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Rick, it's White Man. How are you doing? Hello. Is this Justin the White Man? Yes, it is. All right. What's up, Justin? Well, I was just going to say, uh, I actually have a couple friends who are going with me, but they have never listened to Rick Emerson before, mm-hmm. so uh, they're going to be pretty much unaware of everything that's going on. So I wouldn't mind being able to accompany uh, uh, Bobby to the to the event so I could actually have someone who is also a fan. Wait, so, um, and, this is, and this is, Bobby, this is your problem, is that you have... You work with a bunch of guys, but none of them are really listeners. And this is good because that way exactly. it's not just them together. It's like them and a couple other people. Yeah, it's it's two other girls. They're good friends of mine, but they're going to be leaving to Illinois on uh, Sunday. Mm-hmm. So. I see what's being attempted here, and I like it. <laughs> no, no. Rick Emerson heartily approves, sir. But what did kind of strike my interest was uh-huh. the fact that she was at the zombie prom, and I'm a big, huge fan of anything horror, especially zombies. Anything? Oh, horror. Okay. Um, no, not horror. Uh, well, no, I'm a fan of that too. Uh, all right, uh, you really will. We'll post her uh, her MySpace link here in a while. If that's okay, okay. with her. If that's and, okay and with you, Bobby. Bobby uh, that's my, fine. My uh, screen name is JW on uh, MySpace. So okay. go ahead and check it all out. All right, if you thank want you. To. All right, thank all right, you, thank sir. You. All right, what do you? This is a dumb question. What do you? Uh, what do you? What do you look for? Like, like physically speaking, in a guy, do you have a type? Um, I don't know so much that I have a type as I prefer kind of that geeky, smarter, I get a thing for glasses. Really? The sound you hear is like, right now you can actually hear the, the, the thousand booms from fingers breaking the sound barrier as they are reaching for the phone to try to call I in and talk to you. I just got the greatest email ever. Hmm. All right. Hey, Rick and Sarah, there seem to be several listeners, myself included, who really want to go to the party on Thursday and probably will, but are single. Since you can't do a dating service, why don't you have a drink special, something like with an umbrella so all the single folks can find each other? Um... Oh, you mean not as far as because of course because of our friends at the OLCC actual drink specialists, so we have to be very no, no, careful with that word. Yeah. But you're saying a signifier. A signifier for a lot of like since you know obviously these people all seem to be having the same problem where they want to go but they don't have anybody to go with. Now is that you're as women if I'm speaking to both you and Bobby now as women it, with that I mean. Is that going to be a weird thing? Like if a woman, like would a woman want a thing that's... Rick, Bobby is on the phone with us right now trying to find somebody to go I'm just with. saying, I'm just trying to, I'm it saying... It doesn't get much weirder than this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so you're thinking like a, like a, whatever, pink umbrella, well, but I mean, not that, something people, that's not dumb. Look at the phone lines, they're totally jammed. Everyone, you know, doesn't have anybody to go with because, you know, we're weird. That is, that is interesting. That, I mean, how, I don't know how we do that. We'd have to think of, there, there must be some way, like a single... Like a, to flag the single folk? A single signifier. Uh, whatever, but not that something. Right. Not a lame hand stamp. No, no, no. I like I like what we're saying though. There's something there. All right, let's do a couple more here, and then uh, if it's okay with you, we'll put your MySpace link uh, me. up at RickEmerson.com. Uh, hi, uh, who's this? Hey, this is Dan. Hey, Dan, what's up? Hey, not much. Uh, just calling about the potential date. <laughs> All right. What did you have any questions for Bobby? Uh, well, I got I got on the radio a little late. I was actually wondering how old she is. <laughs> I'm 25. 
25. Uh, I'm 23. I don't know if that's a... <laughs> Do you go for slightly younger men, Bobby? You know, I haven't ever dated a younger man, but it's not out of the question. There's a first time for everything. Exactly. All right, sir, uh, what is your name, sir? Uh, Dan. Dan, Dan, what celebrity would you say you most resemble? Uh, Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> is that the retarded Matt Damon? Yeah, that's, that's the Team America Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah. So now, do you, do you in reality bear even a passing resemblance to the star of Good Will Hunting? Uh, you know, I don't. I I wouldn't really be able to tell because I look at myself and I'm like. Ah, has any know. Has anybody ever told you that you look like Matt Damon? I've been told uh, uh, the guy that's like him, uh, ben, ben Ben Affleck. Is that right? So you've been told. So you haven't been told. Know. You've been told you look like Ben Affleck. I guess so. Yeah, I once maybe, but I, I think they were joking. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, I think the Bobby got to talk to this guy just because I feel sad for him. All right, all right, excellent, sir. Uh, well, watch RickEmerson.com later. I will put up a link to her on the space page. Okay, I'll, I'll send her a message saying I'm Matt Damon. <laughs> Please do that. All right, all right. thank you. Uh, let's do... I can't find Jay, uh What's Whiteman's first name? Justin. Justin. Let's do one more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, what is your name? Hey, Rick, it's Ryan. Hey, Ryan, how are you, sir? I'm good. All right. Uh, I hope it's not stalkerish, but she's pretty easy to find on your uh, show page. Well, we're gonna—I mean, uh, we're gonna put up a, uh, a link to her MySpace page. No, no, she's, that's she's here, you know. I was just gonna say she's quite striking in her zombie getup. Uh, now is this now? Are there photos of you, Bobby, at previous listener parties? Do you know? There are. Uh, is there a? Fo- please tell me that there is a photograph of you yes, actually. Yes, correct us. We w- need to find these. With Ground Zero written on your there ass. There is. Okay. Which one was this at? Uh, that would have been at. Uh, that was at the, um, not Sabala's, uh Barracuda. At Bloodbath and Beyond? Yes. At Bloodbath and Beyond. So there's apparently, were you dressed as a school as I was a school girl? As a school girl. I have a red plaid shirt or skirt on and I believe a tie and pigtails. And uh, and, and there's your... also pictures of me at the ball and making out with a blonde girl. Oh, uh, that was actually, I'm glad you addressed that question because I was going to ask if, like many of the women who listen to the program, you are open-minded there about, she is. about certain things. I am definitely open-minded about certain things. Uh, if if I may ask, have you ever um, considered or pursued uh, being romantically involved? Women. You pardon me. I have dated women. You have dated women. Excellent. Could you see a time in the future when you revisited that lifestyle? Um, definitely, because it's always about the person, not the body they come in. God bless you. Uh, yes. Uh, all right. Uh, what is your drink of choice, Bobby? Beer. I'm a beer girl through and through. What kind? That was my question. What kind of beer? Uh, dark beer, quarter and stout. All right. Excellent. Thank you, sir. All right, there you go. That's Ryan. All right, so here's what we're going to do, Bobby. If it's cool with you, uh, we will post uh, a link to your space at uh, rickemerson.com here in a little while. And you post one of these pictures from um, the listener party. And, we will, okay. uh, and if it's cool with you, we'll put a direct link to one of the pictures from you at Bloodbath and Beyond. All right, and uh, and be, you know, come you know, however you know, the win lose draw, however it works out, uh, make sure that you come find us on Thursday and okay. uh, and reintroduce yourself to us. Most definitely. All right, thank you, Bobby. Thank you, guys. All right, Bye, there Bobby. you go. That's Bobby. All well, right. Honestly, a lot of people have met each other through the show. Aaron and Jen. That Aaron, is true. Geek in the City would not be with his lovely wife Jen if they didn't have the bond of the show. Here's another thing about that. You know, Carol in Tucson, who came up to see the last party, yeah. a woman, uh, Carol uh, from Tucson, Arizona, came up. Um, and I hope I'm telling the story correctly. When Carol and Tucson came uh, last year to uh, Emerson History X at Barracuda, I do believe that she met and kind of hit it off with a listener here in Portland who she is now sort of 
in a long-distance relationship with. I hope I'm not butchering that story. But she's coming back this year. Uh, you know that, that logo, the Rick Pig baby thing, the thing of me as a baby with an apple in my mouth? The guy who created that logo... I think is, oh, GWI, I think they are long-distance dating right now, and they met last year at Barracuda. Uh, I, I hope I'm not wrong about that, but I think that's the case, uh, that she's coming back up to, to meet him up, you know, meet up with him again because they've been doing the sort of online phone thing uh, since last year's listener party. So the Rick Emerson Show brings people to... We're not all about hate and discord and divorce. We're largely about that. But we're not all about that. We do occasionally... I mean, we, we tear apart relationships. But we also build new ones in their place. But for every ten relationships that we just, that we destroy, the blossoming flower of love uh, blooms anew here. So. Oh, what about? Yeah, somebody just suggested maybe like a glow, some kind of illuminated button. Like some an, kind of like glowy flash. You know how like the, like beer places right. like have those. So some flashing. sort of an I'm single, let's mingle kind of sign. Yeah. All right. We'll have to think on that. I think there's a good idea there. All right. Let's take a break. Tim Riley, have ye news for us? Yes, I do. All right. We'll come back. Do news, and after that, the top five songs that remind us of unicorns and rainbows. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Now 53 and a half hours away from Rick Emerson Listener Party 11, happening this Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m. at the Cristal Ballroom. More info on that later on in the hour. Uh, it features the world premiere of a brand new short film from Tim Riley. Of course, the Rick Emerson Roast with Roastmaster Carl Click, music from Emerson Starship, Nickel Arcade, a fantastic introductory film, and lots of merriment. Uh, we'll get to Bobby's uh, email and, and the space link here posted in just a second. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. A dead body is found floating in a swimming pool. A patron at a local athletic club died while swimming at the facility pool. This happened at the Sunset Athletic Club that is off of uh, Cornell Road in the Bethany area. Another club patron was getting to the lap pool when he saw a man floating in seven feet of water. Two yeah. people pulled the man from the water. They tried CPR. It was too late. He was dead. This isn't my drinking water again. There's just... no designated lifeguard on duty, not unless you drink water out of the pool at the Sunset <laughs> Athletic Club. No, no, I try not to. Okay. Uh, rumored newlywed Beyonce knows what may be in the family way. According to page six, the 26-year-old singer is pregnant with her and a parent husband, hip-hop mogul Jay-Z's first child. She has said to gain some weight and would normally do a detox diet to drop the pounds, but won't this time around because she is expecting. A rumor uh, says, quote, oh, the uh, people around the rumor say, uh, I don't know if she's pregnant for sure. Let me perform an ultrasound and get back to you. <laughs> According to People Magazine, the signed marriage license has been filed by the couple. And, of course, later on tonight, that all-important West Virginia primary, the Hillary Clinton. Rubes and rednecks casting their votes left and right. Yep. Should it be a woman or a man who isn't white? The uh, West Virginia does seem like the uh, the home of people who want to vote for someone that looks a lot like them. Mm -hmm. So it seems like it seems like if you're some backwoods uh, nitwit, uh, this election's all kinds of diff difficult for you. I mean, it's just it's a whole lot of it's a, it's a series of uh, 
It's a series of, uh, I mean, it was a state that had, you know, 10-year-old kids working in coal mines, so the, the government said they couldn't do that anymore. I mean, it just, uh, it, it's a, I guess it's a bad time to be a narrow-minded nitwit, because you're going to look at them and go, I just don't know, dadgummit. Uh, just a, I just picture a whole lot of guys, like one tooth in the front, making a, like a scrawled X on the ballot. All right, here's, uh, are we doing the top five? We are. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your top five, five for Tuesday. Four, three, two, one. Fire. Bam. Counting is wonderful. Counting is marvelous. Counting's the best thing to do. Counting is happiness. Counting is ecstasy. I love to count, don't you? Here's Tim Riley with today's top five. Oh, Barack Obama has already conceded defeat in really yeah, West he's Virginia. Like he's looking ahead to the Oregon primary. You know why? He's trying to concede defeat now while it's early in the news cycle so that it doesn't get dragged on throughout the night. All right. Well, she's up by, I mean, she was expected to win by 40 points. Uh -huh. So, you know, what can you do? And as we attempt to reverse engineer a top five based upon a random piece of audio that keeps looping in Rick Emerson's head, we've arrived at these, the top five songs that make us think of unicorns and rainbows. With honorable mention, I will always love you forever. By Donald Lewis. Oh, I thought we were going to do Partridge Family. Oh, we'll do the Partridge Family. We can do the Partridge Family. There we go. These are the top five songs that make us think of unicorns and rainbows on the Rick Emerson Show. Oh, damn it. Come on now and everybody and hear us sing That's not the original. Oh, this is like Sorry, I don't know the difference. Is this from a later season of the show? Yeah, it sounds like the Partridge Family. I wonder if this is in the style of yeah. the original artist, Sing. <laughs> That's not anything. Sorry, I don't know. No, try. Three Kentucky Hicks, Sing. Is this the Partridge Family opening TV theme song? Well, it, that is it. That is it. This is, the, this, is the act, this is the right composition. Don't worry, sir. You can't be faulted. No. You had no way to know. I think it's actually funnier this way. It is. Well, anyway, who, no, but I mean, I had to, who would be, what would be the reason for this? Who would be recording? You know, there are always these compilations that come out, and you don't know until you buy it, why the CD only cost a buck. <laughs> it's not totally. The because it's totally songs in the style of the Partridge Family. Uh, well, you know, that's all over iTunes now. If you look at iTunes, anytime you put in a popular artist, actually Jay-Z has one, Aerosmith, it's... A tr it's called a tribute to, and it's like the same cover art, it's the same whatever, and it's a group of studio hacks that just go in and they do covers of an artist's greatest hits, and then they sell it on iTunes, mm -hmm. hoping that some nitwit teenager will be like, ah, it looks like Jay Z, you know. So, and then they'll, you know, they, they'll totally be, uh, uh, you know, they, they'll be swindled into knowing, you know, to, or to, um, uh, you know, whatever, blah 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 blah. So, all right, here's Tim. I will mention number two. I will always love you forever. So we played this earlier. This was sort of the song that the song that started it all. It wasn't sort of. It is the song. <laughs> I had a lot of songs. I had this song looping in my head uh, for reasons that are sort of unknown to me. And so we were doing the top five songs that remind you of unicorns and rainbows. We had the audience reverse engineer a top five from this song. Is this the video? No, it has the... Yes, it is. It is. We can hear you. Um, it sounds like... Do you guys hear that? Uh, the microphone levels are fluctuating a lot today. Tim okay, earlier... Okay, that was really weird. Tim, mine was weird, too. Tim earlier was really low, and all of a sudden his microphone, his amplitude shot up. 
Okay, well, somebody made a video to uh, The Lion King. Really? Song. It's very touching. All right, we can be done with this song. Thank you. These are the top five songs that make us think of unicorns and rainbows. Number five, I Got You, Babe, Sunny and Cher. Yeah. We don't know, we won't find out. I love Cher so much. Well, she'll never go away. <laughs> I was going to say, you'll get to keep on loving her forever. She's so amazing. I was watching Mermaids this weekend. That's a great movie. She is just such a fabulous person. She's sort of like the decaying corpse on the toilet, Sarah. She's just going to be there for years and years and years. This she's... week, this week's farewell tour. Yeah. She's my special person. I, that would be who I'd want to meet. There was a great story in this week's Inquirer about how uh, Cher was at some Hollywood club and everybody thought she was Howard Stern. Oh, no. <laughs> there was a, hey, Howard! Baba Booey! And it's like, Cher, like, well, who are you talking to? <laughs> I mean, come on. This is a great song. I think this is an abbreviated version. Hi, Tim, can we help you? Tim? Yes, sir. <laughs> Can we help you? No, I've been helped. I always try to get you to... Man, I, when you when you lose control and start laughing, yeah. you always turn off your mic, and I'm denied the pleasure of you losing control of your faculties. I was told a long time ago <laughs> by Godlike Program Director Bruce Agler, I may never lose control on the air. No, that's that's that was... That, was that under, lives in the back of my head every day. That was under Bruce. He had standards. I, uh... Anyway, there goes, I, got, I love I Got You, Babe. You know what I mean? It's corny, yeah. and it's cheesy... And it's outdated hippie claptrap and nonsense, bunch of flower power gibberish. But that being said, who can deny that this is a legitimately sweet song? Do you know what I mean? And if I can say, and I know we got we got to get moving on this, but it's too bad he died so tragically. The uh, the thing about this song is this song reminds me a lot of that Hey There Delilah song, where it's sort of young and naive and beautiful because it's young and naive. Sonny was not naive. No. Now he's not anything. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, number four, Don't Steal My Sunshine by someone named Len. Uh, this was Sarah's, actually, recommendation. I didn't know the song until you played it for me. Then I went, oh, yeah, it's that song. It's totally terrible, and the video is even worse. These guys are the definition of douchebag. I always thought this was Smash Mouth. I kept waiting for them to bust into the Hey Now You're an All-Star chorus here. You'll hear the chorus. It's very funny. Is this the chorus? Uh-huh. This is the first thing that pops into my head. I remember the song. It's just one of those... This is like that Space Hog song where I kind of vaguely remember, but not all that well. I don't know how I even remember this song, let alone um, the name of the band. This is like remembering that My Own Worst Enemy song by Lit. Oh, Why do I need to remember that song? Why am I taking up space in my brain with a lit song? All right. Counting, counting down the top five songs that make us think of unicorns and rainbows. Number three, Aquarius from the Fifth Dimension. Yeah. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of some unshaven hippie bastards in a field. this come out? 69? 68, 69? I remember my parents had the album. Really? Yeah, it feels kind of wonder yearish, doesn't it? Were your parents 
hippies. They were not. But it was just we so... Were sur- you couldn't help but be surrounded by hippies. <laughs> everywhere you went. Everywhere. I mean, they were like communists, Tim. They were everywhere. People selling marijuana out of their purses. <laughs> Hello, Hello there, young, young man. Would you like a J? <laughs> wow, I hate this song. I love it because it reminds me of the end of 40-year-old version. Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr. are still around. Yep. They were hosting an award show at uh, Universal City. when I was This always there. makes me think of that Free to Be You and Me song. That was much later. Yeah. Counting on the top five songs that make us think of unicorns and rainbows. Number two, Close to You by the Carpenters. Yeah, I love this song. Anybody didn't like this song, they have, you know. Written by Paul Williams. Is that true? Why do birds so you don't like this song, you have no soul. Well, there were never, ever any other carpenters or anybody like them that came along. Nope. nope. Nobody else who sounds like this. They tried, though. They tried, like with Melissa Manchester and folks to sort of roll out pseudo carpenters. Didn't really work. Why do No one. K-Hits, I don't think, wouldn't. It's not upbeat enough. Kiss and you know, it's gone. I don't think there's anybody left to play this. Just us. Tim, it's up to us to maintain the musical heritage and legacy of the Carpenters. If not us, then who? No one. No one. We can never go away. You know, the thing about the Carpenters, Richard Carpenter, who is, you know, the surviving Carpenter, it was like kind of the guardian of their legacy. Unfortunately, because he is so anal about protecting Karen Carpenter's image and the Carpenter's image, even now when it's pointless, because everybody kind of knows the story, that's why there really hasn't been an authentic movie or book that sort of told the story. Because he's just because he threatens to sue everybody into oblivion anytime they try to do it, like that Todd Haynes movie. Uh, that Todd Haynes, have you seen that, Sarah? That fantastic Todd Haynes film where he tells the story of Karen Carpenter with Barbie dolls. No. It's it, you'll, it's hard to find. You can watch it online because he made it, and he's the guy that did Velvet Goldmine and Close to Heaven, Far from Heaven. He made, and it's it's creepy, this sounds dumb, but as he tells the story of the Carpenters with Barbie dolls, and as the story goes on, he, he, the Barbie doll gets, he whittles her away, and the Barbie doll gets, he whittles her down to nothing, and it's so creepy. And it's great, but creepy, but Richard Carpenter just sued him into oblivion before the movie could ever come out. So you can only see bootleg versions of it, but it's pretty great. I love the Carpenters, close to you. Come away from 3 o'clock. AM 970. Here's your top five. Number one, shiny haired people by oh. REM or shiny happy. Wow, I hate this song with everything in me. See, I haven't heard it in a long time, so it's no I'm reason for the song to exist. I mean, oh, the video's terrible. The video's just them dancing on a soundstage like a bunch of nitwits. Oh, God, he's wearing, like, the worst outfit ever. He has that sideways hat in this video? Yep. Yeah. He looks like a man dressing like a little boy. I mean, we know somebody like that? the music is okay. Uh, you know, meaning the melody, the instrumentation. It's got that great REM sound. I think this was off... Green, I think it was the album this came off of. But as soon as they start to sing, 
even the melody's okay, but the lyrics, you just sort of, they, they just curl your, your hair. Actually, I kind of like this video. I'm taking that back. They do look genuinely happy. I suppose, but I don't like happiness. I'm starting to come to terms with happiness a little. This is like top five happy songs that make me angry. What is this song even about? I don't know, like them on drugs dancing in front of a like, big mural. Here's the only good thing about this is because it's got the white-hot Kate Pearson singing there from uh, the B-52s. She is beautiful. Gorgeous. She still looks good. I saw a photo, like a, a promo poster for the tour that they're on now. kind of cute. She's cute. I, I can't, I just, even now with all this distance from it, I and I don't get me wrong. I I like REM. I really do. I don't have a problem with REM. REM's created some really beautiful music. I cannot embrace this song. It's just so horrifying to me. All right, there you go. Sorry. Back after this, the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcast and dead final segment of the Rick Emerson radio program. Uh, all right. Uh, oh, I should note, if you go to rickemerson.com, by the way, we've uh, posted uh, the uh, contact info for Bobby, uh, who's the girl looking for a... Uh, I can't believe you're not saying Bobby like King of the Hill. Bobby. Uh, for Because that was... Well, okay. Bobby. Uh, if you go to uh, rickemerson.com, you see the uh, the email from her, uh, as well as the uh, as well as the link to Herma Space. Uh, so you can go there and check out the picture of her, the zombie prom. All right. Do we have time for a call? Sure. Are you All sure right. that you want to do that? Hello, though? sir or madam. You are the final call of the day. If you're terrible, we're going to have to hunt you down and have you destroyed. Well, I hope I'm not terrible, but I can't believe that the theme of that was unicorns and sunshine, and you didn't play the unicorn song. The unicorn song? By the Rovers. Oh, but then, then again, the no you If the if uh, the REM song made your hair hurt, the unicorn song is going to make it hurt worse. Oh, I haven't even thought about. Thanks for putting that back in my head. Thanks so much. <laughs> no All right, problem. thank you. There you go. All right, we want to thank CNN radio correspondent Dick Uliano for joining us today. Uh, join us tomorrow when our guests will include Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com uh, and so forth. Uh, we are now just 53 hours away from Rick Emerson Listener Party 11, happening the day after tomorrow, Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m. Crystal Ballroom. Go to 970.am. This is the best photo ever taken, and to find out more about the party. Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen for AM 970, Solid State Radio in the newsroom. Tim Riley and the phones, Richie Bristol. The gatekeepers, Dave Zinn, director of engineering, Brian Jones, webmistress, is Bridget from upstairs, and, of course, CBS Radio Portland. Marketing guru Susan Donat with me Reynolds. Like us next, Michael Mara at seven. See you tomorrow at Tampa. The recap of the show. Bye now. I regret nothing. Yo, Barack Obama.